This is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic, and you are feasting your ears on the Busted Wide Open podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 218. Forgetting to push the button that plays the Blueberry promo today, my name is Nick Howell. And wondering what the hell Shug D, a.k.a. Sugar Dunkington, a.k.a. Pineapple Pete, ever did to Chris Jericho, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us on this fine yes. Saturday, whether you're whether you're with us live on the tubes of you, or whether you're hearing us on our podcast, uh, on your podcast uh, platform of choice, yeah. thank you for bringing yourself to the table today. And joining us, we have lots to talk about. We got to go over AEW, NXT. We finally the the final Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa match. Uh, we have to talk about SmackDown. Nick gave me a look there, so I have a feeling that's going to be a fun match to talk about. SmackDown, we have to go over. Plus, there's lots of news that happened as well that we got to talk about. Nick, let's do some housekeeping. Yes. And then we can get into the show. Yeah, guys, come over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, like our page, and send us a join request to get into our discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. It's where we hang out, post fun memes, cool news stories, and all kinds of good stuff all throughout the week. But the most important link to find in there is our Discord server. You can also find it if you're watching here on YouTube in the description down below. But that is where all of the live chats and all the good time ha- times happen all throughout the week. And we have dedicated channels for pay-per-views and other kind of events and watch parties. All kinds of stuff happening over in our Discord. You want to make sure you're getting in there. If you can't find it, there's plenty of people in the group that will help you find it. So just uh, let it, let people know in Disc- or sorry in Facebook to how to get over there. Or you can find it, it pinned to any of our social media profiles. Such as Twitter and Instagram, uh, where you can find us at BWO Podcast. Streaming live right here on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Hey! For those of you listening to the audio, did you know we did we had a YouTube channel? <gasps> did you guys know we channel. finally finally made it One. past a thousand subscribers and we're awaiting YouTube's blessing. We're awaiting the gods of you the tubes of you yes. to let us in. So we are in progress. Our partner application is in process. So we will Yes, if you if you guys are wondering why we don't have that up yet, yeah. if you're if you're if you're chomping at the bit. Trust us, we are too. Just hang on, it's coming. Now that we've done it, it's coming. Thank you all for helping us out with that. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it's on the way. It's on the way. Absolutely. But make sure you the guys are subscribed. Mail. Make sure you got your notifications set to all so that you get notified anytime we go live or put up new content. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, where we also do our patron mailbag immediately after this show at around 5 p.m. Eastern to Pacific, where we answer listener questions from our aforementioned phenomenal ones, our patrons. Thank you guys for all of your contributions. And if you'd like to get in on that ability to ask those questions, bonus episodes like the breakdown that Sir Ian Dangerous just gave us on the Firefly Funhouse match. Holy boo! 
you just you're not ready for that episode and you're not ready for Nick Booking <laughs> 2.0 coming next Thursday. Oh, so a big God. bang bang double whammy coming for you. It's never been a better time to sign up at the $10 tier and I would be remiss. I would be remiss if I did not show th- just the utmost appreciation for the man, the person that was our first $50 patron stepped into the ring, stepped up to the plate, and signed himself up to be our first ever $100 patron. Mr. Trey Davis. Trey, thank you very much, man. Thank you, sir. Oh, uh, and listen. Officially officially now a producer on the show. Yes, officially going to be producing a segment per month Mm -hmm. uh, on one episode per month of the show. So we have room for four of those because we – have, at the time that we did, we built that, we were only doing once a week. So, I mean, we might could stretch that out. I don't know. We had to go remind ourselves what we wrote down for that tier. But the point is, Trey, thank you very much for all of your hey, support over the, we, the last couple of years, man. It's It's been absolutely amazing. Absolutely. And thank you to everybody because this doesn't happen without all of your support. Yeah. It doesn't happen. You know, the, the village builds everything so it's 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 for all you guys it's from all you guys so thank you for helping this show grow and we will continue to do so it's the the train has not stopped it's left the station it's off on the tracks it's just going now so it's just a matter of inertia and as things grow they will continue to grow hopefully exponentially that's the plan at least oh, yeah. so far it seems to be happening that way so thank you guys for for sticking with us and if you're new thank you for joining up yep and thank you. Happy. And, and, Welcome and on board. If you'd like to head over to patreon.com slash BWO, you can find a link to it on this episode or down in the description here on YouTube. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. Get into the ability to ask those listener questions. Show notes for every single episode. Bonus episodes at the $10 tier. Sweet swag, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. Enough of me running my damn mouth. Let's go over and talk about the big news. Well, 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 it finally happened, Nick. It's finally come to pass. The Revival are no longer The Revival because they have been released by WWE. Gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to the larger world, the big world, the big open world. You are free. Fly, my pretties, fly, yes. fly. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're off and running. They, are, uh, they have left the WWE. They've been future endeavored. Uh, from what we understand, they do not have a no-compete clause. They can do whatever they want as of right now. So don't expect to see them necessarily on AEW right away, although that does seem like where they're going to be going. It just seems like the logical place to go, given their history with the Young Bucks, given the fact that they're a tag team, and that's the place that that is intentionally trying to put on the best tag team wrestling in the world. Uh they may do a stint in New Japan, but the thing is, everything is shut down right now. That's the problem with them for them right now. Uh, AEW's all—they've taped all their episodes through the month, so don't expect to see them anytime soon. But they are now free agents; they're out on their own. Uh, if you want to have an idea of what to expect, Nick, I did find a quote Uh-oh. from Arn Anderson. Okay, and Arn Anderson, of, of of course, as we as we said, we assume they're going to AEW. Where Arn Anderson is, where Tully Blanchard is, like that's that's where we're thinking they're going. And Arn apparently is, let me salivate him. He said it would be kind of cool to look at yourself in the mirror as you're having a match. I know these guys have patterned a lot of their stuff after Tully and I. Not that each piece of the physicality is the same, but the thought process is the same. 
That's what Tully and I got over to begin with, the evil intent of what we did, not necessarily the physical part of it 100%, the setting up a guy and suckering him in and misdirection and something behind the guy's back that he never saw coming. Right. That's the thing that these guys have really studied and watched and perfected. They're more athletic than Tully and I were, will ever be or ever were, even at our peak. These guys can do a lot more stuff, and you put all that thought process there in there with it, you have a pretty viable team. The best of those guys has yet to be seen. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so if you weren't excited for these two guys going into AEW, where the two guys they patterned themselves after are working as producers and talent, Mm, let me put it in my eye holes. Yes. Put it in my eye holes. Uh, in case you're wondering, no, they're not any, They're not known by their WWE names any, any longer. Uh, they're now going by Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. Okay. Is there, is there, <laughs> is there, are their names? Sure. And I suspect, I suspect they'll be going by the mechanics, although I'm not sure if WWE trademarked that name in time. Uh, that's what they used to go by. So we'll right. see. We will see. Uh, something else we'll be seeing is a lot more live TV from WWE. No, they're not going to pre-tape. At the very last minute, they were supposed to be doing tapings all weekend. They were supposed to tape uh, about five weeks of TV this weekend for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. But instead of doing that, the last minute, Friday, middle of the day on Friday, Vince McMahon changes his mind and says, no. We're doing it live. We're doing Raw live. We're doing SmackDown live. And for a certain extent, we're going to do NXT live. So, obviously, there's a lot of people that were shocked by this. Uh -huh. A lot of people in the company that were shocked by this. A lot of people outside that are going, what are you doing? Then there's, a, there's a crisis going on right now. We're not supposed to be doing that. Two things. One, they're in Florida. And uh, there is the suspicion that he has Governor DeSantis' approval to do this. And it's a little bit it's a little bit different. The rules are different in Florida than they are in a lot of the rest of the country. One. Two, uh, he'd had pressure uh, supposedly from President President Trump during this phone call that they that he had with all of the uh, heads of the sports leagues. But three, and probably most important, uh, probably the most defining thing, is that the networks require contractually a certain number of live shows per year. They could only have so many taped shows. And that number, for, at least for Raw, is three. So they're already running a little bit close to how many taped shows they can do. They're worried that even though this is obviously extenuating circumstances, a special yeah. situation. There's got to be some uh, kind of act of God clause or something like that in there for hurricanes and shit like that. Yeah, but not for a pandemic. That doesn't, I mean, they don't, they don't plan for this. So I think the, 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 the conventional wisdom is Vince doesn't want to put himself in a situation where the, the, the networks can leverage his performance, his shows, against him in any negotiations. Well, you did have all of those taped shows at the one point. Right, but it was a, it was, we weren't allowed to tape. And they were like, did you try everything? Did you talk to us? He doesn't want to be in that situation, so he's just going to do I it mean, live. Dana, until Dana White morphed into Mortal to. Kombat and went to a private island, Vince. Did you do that? Did you do he's, everything you could? <laughs> But that's the thing is he was uh, Dana White was also shut down by Gavin Newsom, who went to Disney behind his back and said, you need to shut this guy down, went to ESPN and said, you need to shut this guy down. He pressured the companies, the networks to stop it. And now Dana White, he's as crazy as Vince. He's actually he said he's going to go get the island 
He's gonna put his. He's gonna put up the UFC fighters on the island for a month, like literally create like Mortal Kombat. He's gonna create Mortal Kombat, and and again, like he's he's going to those lengths. So Vince is still in a situation where no one has told the networks shut him down. So just like he did initially with WrestleMania, he waited until the pressure was so great that he had to shut it down. He's gonna keep doing live shows. Until he gets pressure to like too much pressure to shut it down, and the network's on the same page. That's my feeling on it. Mm. So, I have a lot of uh, you know we got a lot of wrestling to talk about today, so I don't want to waffle on about this. But um, judging by the caliber of what we saw at WrestleMania from the stuff that was pre-taped, juxtaposed to what we got live. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if this is the right thing to do. Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about some of the stuff this week for sure. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I don't know, guys. I, I, I feel like USA needs to be looking at the bigger picture, going, what's the better content? Forget the logistics of how it makes it to the TV. Not even content. What's safer for the performers? That aside, the only thing that's the obvious. No, no, that's that's the that's not obvious apparently well, because okay. they're allowing this to happen. Right. Okay. And the fair. only thing they're doing. The only thing they're doing for testing, from what I understand, is giving taking their temperature when they come in. That's the, that's their test. They don't have the actual test. They are taking people's temperatures and asking them, "Do you feel okay?" That's their test. It's basically like the the it's 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 the most ineffective way of catching this thing. You know what I mean? It, so yeah, it's the health and it's the health and wellness clause. For WWE, only as you know, they're checking them for for their for their for if they have this this. I don't know what I can say on the show, so we don't lose YouTube. But you know what I mean, like they don't have this thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's really irresponsible. I mean, I, I, and on on the one hand, it's really irresponsible. On the other hand, I I am loving the fact they're still putting out content. I'm loving the fact that they're trying to entertain people. We need entertainment during this time, like. Great. I see that aspect. But they have to do it responsibly. Yeah. If they're going to do it. Otherwise, this is going to come back and bite them in the ass. Nick, can you imagine one wrestler comes down with this? One. Because they went and did live shows. What's going to be the fallout? Uh, Vince is going to have to explain. WWE is going to get completely blamed, even though it appears that they're being strong-armed by US, uh, USA uh, and potentially Fox to do it mm -hmm. they yep. won't feel the repercussions wwe will absolutely vince is going to take this right on the chin yep. if someone gets sick and god forbid gets really 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 sick uh this is really going to come back and bite him all up in his ass and the irony is the pre-tape stuff is better <laughs> i'm just saying i'm because they it's cleaner they can make i don't know about videos in wwe guys i don't know about better but it's definitely cleaner yeah it's a lot cleaner um so yeah, I mean, without an audience, it's it is what it is, no matter what. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's uh, it's an irresponsible decision, and we will see what comes of it. But that is what's going down with WWE, Nick, and that is the big news. Which means let's t it's time to head over and talk about all elite wrestling. Okay. Well, we kicked off the TNT. T I, I'm going to start calling it the TV title because that's really what it is. It's just named the TNT Championship oh, or something on. like that. It's a TV title. 
That's really what Give it is. Give some love to the network. It's called a TNT tournament. I am for giving a love to the network. You know, it is the TNT tournament. <laughs> we'll just call it the TNT tournament. The best of TNT both tournament. There we there go. You go buddy. Uh, the first round we had this week with Cody facing off against Sean Spears. I thought they did an excellent job building this up, uh, revisiting the history between mm-hmm. them. Uh, you know, the relationship of Tully and Sean Spears coming up. Uh, all of this. I, I thought they did a fantastic job just producing this, almost in an in case you missed it. In case you haven't been watching AEW, in case you slept on it early on, you missed the early on chair shot, you missed how he became the chairman. There was a lot of drama built into Sean Spears here, and then a lot of the drama of Cody's come up. It's, I like the time that they spent. That's the bit. The, the match was fine. Uh, I, the, I think the way that the way that they delivered this uh, to people that they didn't assume everybody knew everything. In an elitist way, right? They 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 took everybody through all the motions since we've been going for the last six months, and made sure that everybody understand understood the gravity of the this match and the fact that it was a first round matchup between two guys that have had some serious history in the last six months. Some serious history, and not only that, but that at this point, Sean Spears needs this perhaps more than Cody does. Like Cody Cody does for his own reasons. Sean Spears is teetering on the edge here, and this was interesting to me because. At no point did I think Sean Spears was going to win this after they did that whole promo before this, before the whole setup. But that made me think, well, then what the hell are they going to do with Sean Spears after this? Because now he's a perennial loser. His record in AEW is terrible. He's like, he hasn't won a match this year. Yeah. And this match, according to the story they built for the match, as they were going back and forth and their you know implements of destruction were brought into the ring and the ref was waving it off, because as they said on commentary, it's a it's a playoff situation, so she's she's letting them go. Uh, but by the end of this match, the reason Sean Spears lost this match was mental errors. At one point, he had Cody smashed outside the ring. He he power bombed him onto a barricade that he'd set up against the ring. Cody was dead outside the ring, and Spears is in the ring waiting for the ten count. Cody gets back in on nine and a half, of course. But instead of going over and beating him down and pinning him, and the commentary was screaming at him to pin him. Everyone was like, pin him! Pin, just go over and pin him! He's dead. He's right there. Spears collapses on the ground, holds his head, and is so mad that he didn't get the 10 count. And there was a couple of mental errors like that where he just he didn't capitalize. If that's the story they're telling, what they're telling me is Sean Spears is a guy who, in big situations, flubs. Yep. And that makes me then turn around and wonder, what is Tully Blanchard doing with this guy? All of this in kayfabe, but, if, but again, one has to consider that. Why is Tully Blanchard staking his claim on this guy when this guy keeps choking because of mental errors, not because of talent, mental errors? And there's so many other guys that don't choke in these situations. Why isn't he going for a Darby Allen, a dude who is way more driven and I'd say more, more mentally focused, the way the story they've been telling the stories, than Sean Spears, right? That may be Sean Spears physically more imposing than Darby, but one has to start wondering about this. Yeah, Is that the story that you think that they're telling with Sean Spears here? Is this going to be something where he's going to hit a bottom and then become even more vicious? Because if so, that could be fun, but it seems right now that they're long playing that and it's it's hurting his cachet. That could turn into something where he turns on Tully and fires him or doesn't want to work with him anymore. Sure, there's some drama there that you could do. Um, but they... This this Never feels really like this feels like Cody serving Cody in a way, um, and and I hate to say that because you know it's 
I, I don't want to assume that either, but it, it just it kind of reeks of that. Like I didn't expect Sean Spears to get out of the first round against Cody. I I, I called Cody here to to I I think it's going to be uh, we Co- well no it's going to be Cody and Lance Cody and Lance yeah I, I we could see Darby get past Cody in that A block but I would be surprised yeah. by that I fully expect this to be all that, building to Cody and but Lance then it's just going to be but then it'll be Lance murdering Darby in the final then that's not exciting sure you know what I mean but having 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 Cody and Darby have a little like breakup and then Darby's bitter because Cody puts him down and then he's got Cody and Lance in the final either Darby costs Cody the final or Lance murders Cody and establishes himself either way yeah I am I'm curious what their thoughts are but to your point about Sean Spears yeah that's um this I don't know what to make of it uh does he does he just continue to fall down the ranks I mean this feels very reminiscent of Ty Dillinger where he came out hot and just kind of dwindled over time, dwindled, 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 dwindled until little, nobody cared anymore about the perfect 10. So I, I'm, are we seeing history repeat itself now in AEW with him? Does that point more to him than it does to whoever's booking all of this? I don't know. I don't know. Shout don't out know. to Jericho on commentary as well, by the way, tonight. Uh, just, oh, Jericho wow. all night long. Just, well, the only problem the only problem with Jericho on commentary is he never shut up. I never got to hear Shivani. Even did Skiavini or whatever. He kept calling him different versions of his name. (laughs) Yeah, well, he did that with a couple of guys. That's part of his thing, and I love it. But, but it it did seem like the the Chris Jericho show, and I know that's part of his character is just to be this loudmouth blowhard and never shut up. But to the point to the point where like I actually was like, let Shivani get a word in edgewise. Let him do his job. Like this is the easiest night Shivani's had in years. So anyway, yeah, but Jericho was just classic, classic on commentary. A lot of just fantastic lines and funny. And of course, of course he was. And also putting over guys, making guys look good, even if he, his character didn't like them. Um, calling moves like, yeah, he nailed it on commentary. Yeah. Nailed it. So, so right now we're looking at, so Sean Spears, again, wondering what the hell is going on with him. Either they're going to have to to have him let him win something and do it in a dastardly way and make him that scary chairman again, or they're just going to just just stop. You know, like the, the, you're murder, you're killing him. Um, we're seeing Cody and Archer in the final. Do you think Cody's going to be the first champ here or Archer? Archer. What, do, you, do you have? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. You don't have Cody go over Archer in their first match, and and that's why I'm thinking Cody Darby because it gives Darby a little bit of heat. Let let Lance Archer murder him because Darby will put on a good show. Uh, it but won't be a squash. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking. Plus, Darby and Cody, if you remember last week, had a little bit of that moment where Darby just yanked away and then then gave him a good strike. Uh, I, that's why I'm thinking Darby gets one over on Cody somehow and, and ends yeah, up going to face I, Archer. Here's why. Well, I think it's going to be Cody and Archer because that's the story that they're trying to tell. I agree. That's the story that they're building towards. Jake the Snake Roberts opened up the show with a promo about Cody trying to run away from Archer and him saying, I bet you're going to lose one of these matches because you don't want to face Archer and that's your way out. That's why I think Cody's going all the way through is because Jake even said, like, you got to, come on, man. If you lose one of these matches, I'm just going to assume cause you're, it's because you're wussing out because yeah. you don't want to face Archer. I th- and, and, and if you think about it, you already have a face champ in Moxley. Why have two face champs? If you have Moxley as one champ and Archer as your TV champ, that's a scary big old dragon to slay right there for all of your faces who want to try and take out this guy who's an unstoppable monster who's your TV champ. So to me, it makes more sense to have Archer go through, kill Cody, 
create some beef there, put Archer over, make him look like a monster, give him a title, and let all your faces chase him. Yep. All your mid-card faces it. chase him. It's going to be beautiful. I can't wait. I think so, too. Uh, he Archer, Archer also had a match on this show against... Uh, I. We have no idea what his real match. name is. Uh, <laughs> right. Because Jericho kept changing the guy's name. Alan I- Iverson, Angles, Angels, we don't know. A uh, guy named Alan who got just murderized by the murder hawk. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jake, uh, Jake is uh, it's cutting promos again and sounding great. Archer is murdering people, looking great. He's on a, cl- a collision course with Cody. Uh, he's got Colt Cabana. I think next week is what they were saying. And uh, he's going to probably murder him, too. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be fantastic. Boom, boom. boom. It's going to get, it's gonna get can boom. I, can I just have a moment to say, boom. we thought over the last couple of years that we had lost Jake the Snake. Like, he was going through all kinds of uh, health issues and things like that. But here he is back cutting some of the best promos I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, this, the, the last two weeks, the one of him sitting by the fire and then the one this week, Good Lord, that guy is still cutting. He's got that. I've smoked 300 cigarettes a day for 25 years. Just, and use a wrestling voice for 25 years. Oh. This is what happens to your voice. I can barely, I can barely speak, but this is what, you know. Somehow it still yeah. sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, he just, he sounds terrifying. Uh, shout out to Jake, too, because I know he's been going through a rough time with this quarantine thing. He's been, he's been tweeting out that, you know, it's, he's had some rough patches, put on a little weight. And and the rest of it, but uh, but he's staying strong, and people on Twitter are, are being very supportive of him. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Keep keep strong, brother. I know he's had, he's been through some been through some nasty stuff, and and you know to his credit has uh, has really gotten his his shit together. So Indeed. keep it up. Yeah. Uh, so also we had several other matches on the show. We got to talk about Britt Baker, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD versus Hikaru Shida. Which we saw set up last week. They obviously had some beef. Hikaru Shida, currently the number one contender for the title. Who knows when she's going to get that shot? It's been ten weeks, I guess they said, since she became number one contender. So uh, this did not go how I thought it was going to go, Nick. No, this got bloody. Yeah. Uh, what's, the name, what's, what's the name? What's the name of our show again, guys? Busted, whole wide open. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if she got busted wide open, but her nose got broke, or at least jacked pretty good. Looked like by an elbow strike by Sheeta, but I could be wrong. Uh, they were trading at one point, and Britt just kind of paused too long, and she was a little shaky for about two minutes afterwards. They, they had a, a semi-botched move there, but it's probably because Britt was seeing stars. I can't blame her for it, because overall, this match I thought was very well worked. Yeah. I thought they did a great job in this match. Nice and, nice and snug. And, um, I certainly enjoyed it more story, than I but, thought I would. That's for sure. Yeah, and it, it picked up once Britt got just her just... Bleh! Just huge swaths of red, like on her teeth and her mouth, and she's just laughing and spitting blood everywhere. And they made that into was, a T-shirt, uh, by the way. AEWshop.com. Oh, it's all. It's already on the store. It's already already a T-shirt. Yeah, the doctor is here. Um. So yeah, that that was a, this ended up being a much more entertaining match, probably because of the color. Yeah. But uh, I thought they did a good job, even without that. But okay, so now after this. Do you feel every week we kind of check in on the women's division? We kind of go, all right, how's that women's division going in AEW? Because that's that's kind of that's one of their weak spots, right? NXT's got a great women's division and kind of a lame tag division. AEW's got a great tag division, kind of a lame women's division. How are we doing with these things? Are we 
Are we getting any better? Oh, hell yes. Uh, we're, and, and, we're, we're staffing up. We're building the roster. Yep. We're having actual um, matches. We've got contenders. We're like everything. Yeah. Right, the only outstanding thing to deal with right now is the thing that we're all in, which is the, the pandemic that's going on, preventing them from developing any other you know, talent outside of this. But I mean, we got an yeah. Anna Jay sighting again this week. Yes, we did. Yeah. Well, I, I know you saw that. Uh, <laughs> Calm down, Nick. Uh, Calm down. We got Britt Baker. Tony Storm. Tony Storm, color. by the way, still crying. Still crying over you breaking up with her last week. That's just, that was just cold. I've man. still yet to, I, I read this once a day um, uh, to oh. myself to make sure that, and, and I've yet to frame it yet, but I, what? I, I just, I, I'm not sure I made the right decision. It's to be determined. Oh God! It's too late now. Yeah, I guess it is too late. Oh you, well. You, you kick, you kick Tony. You can't. Come on, man. You kick Tony to the curb. I don't. For Anna know. I feel J. Like you I'm can't. You can't go that back. One day though. I. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the ones that got away. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's at least at least you know that Anna J will be on TV more. She is all elite. They did announce that she is now all elite. So at least the new the, your new lady will be on TV yes. probably more than Tony Storm is. Fair. So there you got you got that going for especially you. in that women's division over there. Good lord. So yeah, looking looking brighter. This was definitely you know I I I'm a fan of Sheeta. I like her work. Uh, Britt Baker, we were shaking on the beginning. She has come. She's done a 180. She is fantastic. She's absolutely I think uh, delivering on the promise that they saw in her. Um, this I think was is going to be one of her iconic matches in terms of. Obviously, you know, getting your nose busted did wonders for Becky Lynch. I don't think it's going to be the same thing for her here, but it's it don't hurt none. No, they last summer they tried to bring Britt Breaker out as a face, which I I don't fault them for. I probably would have done the same thing. Um, she's got the look and and the and the style and all that kind of stuff. But I think flipping her heel uh, at the cruise was the absolute right thing to do. It took her a few weeks to really find her groove, but once she did, she's she's nailing it. Um, and this was, this was no different. Yeah, and and I like that even Jericho kind of pointed out a little inside baseball that, you know, one thing that he was told way back in the day was, you know, keep your eyes, like, check in with the hard cam. Superstars look at the hard cam, know where, which camera to, to check in on. And sure enough, Baker kept, like, going going and talking right into the cameras. Uh, not only that, she's finding interesting new angles to her gimmick, too, like the whole Tony Schiavone thing. Where she's their frenemies. That was even like her little tag. Like you know how in WWE they have like little like uh, trivia about people, and it's usually something stupid. Yeah. Like he's 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 won the Intercontinental Title twice, or he just won the Royal Rumble this last year. It's like we know, we know. How about put something interesting over there? Uh, they call her little tag was uh, frenemies with Tony Schiavone, yeah. best frenemies or something like that. And I was just like, mm, that's great. She was she was even calling out for Tony during the match. So. Yeah, that that's some great aspects to her character. Sheeta is just a good babyface character. She's fiery. She she hits hard. Uh, she looks great. So good stuff. Yeah, I, I'm definitely feeling a little bit more positive about it. Also, very positive about the DDT match we saw. Oh, sorry, no, it was an AEW match. It just happened to be DDT DDT style. The best friends versus the best friends for the name best friends. Right. In a best friends match. Right. Uh, <laughs> Trent, Trent and Chucky e. T versus Kenny Omega and Michael. Nakazawa. <laughs> I just I loved the backstage segment before this match with Kenny and Nakazawa going with him suggesting the name Best Friends. No, there's already like, one. No, of those. they already they're, they're already there. There's already one of those. Well, yeah, but you're an EVP. You can get it done. He's like, all right, I'll see what I can do. And then Orange Cassidy comes out of their bathroom for some reason and just stands there shaking their head. And they're like, oh no, you didn't hear. And then Chucky e. T and Trent coming through the door 
of their of their trailer and they're like, we heard everything. If you want our team name, you're going to have to go through us for it. And then Cassidy's goes back in the bathroom for some reason. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was it was cute. And this, but it set up this match, which was a comedy match. It was a DDT match. Pretty much straight up. They even called the fact that Omega and Nakazawa used to team up in DDT. They did a bunch of their old catchphrases from them and right. moments. So it was set up as a comedy match. It delivered as a comedy match. Do you think, however, Nick, this kind of match, if you just tuned in as a new viewer and you saw this match, would this be off-putting to you? Or was the fact that they were explaining it on commentary, this isn't going to be a traditional match, do you think that would have had, would, would that have helped the perception? Oh! did a good job between the commentary and then I think you had uh was it Sean Spears somebody off to the side going get the oil get the oil get that out of there get it away from him like they were explain they were trying to do that in a very indirect kind of way that that mm. was his secret weapon was was his oil and eventually of course he got the oil everybody gets sprayed with oil and it makes sense when if you're watching it but yeah if you're just sprays orange Cassie in the face and then he realizes he can't blind him with it because he's got glasses right. on so he rips his glasses off and throws them and turns back and sprays him and Cassie's already got a new pair of sunglasses on Brilliant. lots of little gimmicks yeah. in here you know spraying the spraying the oil on the chest and Chucky try or Trent tries to chop him but it just slides right, right. off so yeah lots of lots of classic Nakazawa oil gimmicks. Yeah. If you're, but, if you're um, into wrestling at all, like if you came from UFC and you thought you were going to find somebody getting broken up, well, you got that in the previous match with Britt Baker getting busted open, right? Yeah. Wide open, excuse me. Uh, and then you had this right afterwards with some comedy and some fun. So yeah, I would just be, I'd sit there eating my popcorn. Just, this is a good time. I mean, time. you did. You did really get uh, the full gamut on this show. You yeah, had Cody and Sean Spears. Cody, Sean Spears, just a classic style match, you know, you even had like very very technical wrestling in that, and and it was, it was built up as who's gonna you know is is a Smash Mouth style gonna beat a technical style, and them each switching in and out of both styles throughout the entire match. You had two squash matches, you had a, a women's match which got bloody, and you had this. So if you watch the whole show, then yeah, I thought this would fit in beautifully. If you're channel flipping it, and you just happen to land on TNT at eight forty seven, and you happen to right, yeah, and you happen and to see you, this match. <laughs> You might be like, what the actual hell what if, what are if, they doing on this? I would what be intrigued. I like, there's a there's a naked right. Asian man squirting <laughs> oil on people. Like, what in the hell am I? Oh. I'm, okay, it, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> there was a full test. At one point when he was pulling off his underwear, yes, that I, if you didn't watch this, that actually happened. He, he pulls off his underwear underneath his trunks and then uses it as a like a like a mandible claw sort of right. thing. Um, it's the cobra. He... <laughs> he... There was a full-on nutsack that came out one side of his trunk. So we, we actually did see full-on nutsack in this match. Uh, so, yeah, if you, just, if you just tuned into this match, you know. Welcome to the podcast, ladies thought. and gentlemen. <laughs> yep. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, let's talk about the other one of those squashes here. Brody Lee pulls up in his limo. His boys are waiting outside. He runs them down. One of them is wearing a tie. The other two are not. He tells them that, you know, basically essentially dress for success. If you look like chumps, you're going to be chumps. And then he takes the guy with the tie and says, I got a special uh, project for you and brings him inside. We don't know what that project is. but uh, And then he comes in and he, uh, he squashes a guy named Lee Johnson. And here's the question. Uh, do you feel that the Vince stuff was toned down this week? And if so, if Brody Lee is not directly doing shots at Vince McMahon, which this might have been. This might have just more of a subtle one. 
do you feel that that's better for like did this feel more like in line with what you want to see out of his character no really no it it, it so feel, you're just not a fan it feels of the bully, more the like leader. yeah it feels more like a drill sergeant you know kind of preppy cult leader than it does i i wanted the fantasy i wanted broken uh, matt hardy i wanted like craziness like i wanted him to be xenu not l ron hubbard you get you, you get what that, I, you get what i'm saying there Absolutely, absolutely. I do get what you're saying. I don't even think he's L. Ron Hubbard because he's not. Well, he, yeah. it's, this is a little he's even more hairs. aggressive than uh, that. Yeah, I'm just saying, like you know, he's 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 not he's way more aggressive than that. He's a little more Tony uh, Soprano than than anything. Yeah. He's he's running the mafia right now. Is what it feels like. Sure, while while still making it a self improvement scam. You know what I mean? Like it's right. like it's like if Tony <laughs> like Tony Robbins, you know, meets Caligula. Like it's it, it's. It's an interesting take on it, but we already have Matt Hardy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we don't need another one like that. Do I? I don't have a problem with them. But do do you have. I I guess what I'm saying is there's only so much fantasy stuff you can have, you know? And this this is not the take I expected, but I'm intrigued by it. I'm still intrigued by it. I feel like they're still doing setup. I don't feel like this is all there is to it. Does that make sense? I feel like there's more coming. I hear what you're saying. I'm mostly mad because of my wrestling, and it's not what I wanted. Admittedly. (laughs) Admittedly. (laughs) But as I've said the whole time, even before we knew it was Luke Harper, Brody Lee, even before, I think I'm I'm on record on the show here saying I I never want to see them until it's time to see them. I never I don't want him out there squashing jobbers every week or two. I, I like I, I when it's time to call in the final boss, make him the final boss. What they're doing right now with these vignettes to introduce him is fine, but then they show him out in the ring squashing a jobber. And I'm just like, you're taking all the mystique and the the gravitas off of him if you're doing that. So I, yeah, I see what they're trying to do. I'm just not loving it. Like, I want to love it. We've been building for this since, like, November. I want to love this. Right. And so you, you feel like it's not quite connecting to you right now. And I think that it, that might be the case with a lot of people where this is just isn't hitting people. Some people are not happy with the pot shots at Vince. Well, um, Cody was also on an interview this week where he yes. said he came out on record and basically said, "Look, it, some of them may come across that way, but they are not direct pot shots at Vince or anything to do with WWE, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." Well, and let's also be clear: Vince also has a fairly thick skin after years and years yeah. of making fun of himself. Did you guys watch the Firefly Funhouse match? Yeah, like the the dude can take a shot. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's yeah. pro- it's not like he's not aware. It probably, on one level, he makes him kind of go, God damn it. And the other level, he's like, all right, that was pretty funny. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I, again, we have no idea. We don't know what's going on in Vince's head, but speculation. But at the same time, like Brody Lee doing a cartoonish Vince imitation isn't going to ruin Vince's day. No. It's not the end of the world, and it's not ruining his character necessarily because it's never being made super explicit, right? It's not like he's Brody Vince, Brody McMahon, the the exalted one. You know what I mean? It's not super explicit. And this week, I felt like it could be taken as a shot about Vince McMahon saying, 
my top guys all have to dress up, dress in a suit. Remember, even had Kevin Owens come out in a suit when he became Universal Champion, which is totally unlike Kevin's character. But that's so I took this as another Vince shot, just very subtle. And it doesn't need to be a shot, even. It could just be him saying, This is what big, powerful guys do. All of these weird quirks are fascinating. Let me take these and use these as aspects of this bullying character who likes to mentally beat people down as much as he likes to physically beat people down. My question is, is they at, when do they show that this works? Because you have to show this works. Again, the, the Bray Wyatt thing. Cult leaders have to sh be shown to be effective to be an effective gimmick. Otherwise, it's you might as well just be a, a glorified enhancement talent. It's diminishing returns. If they keep doing what they're doing right now for the next couple of months, nobody's going to give a shit about the exalted one. Except that he's he needs to have a real match. Yeah, he can't he can't squash forever. Um, but look at look at the Dark Order. They're six and zero this year. They're at the top of the tag division. So there is something there. Like our perception is that they still are kind of goons, but they're winning. Like, if they become the tag champions, which they could very easily as soon as we get back on, we might just be at a point where the rubber hasn't hit the road yet because of the yeah. current situation. Yeah. So maybe we're being a little harsh because they can't really advance the storyline yet because they've got to slow everything down. Maybe they meant to. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt at this point, frankly, because I feel like they've got stuff up their sleeve here. Oh, I'll, I'll really go, I'm coming along for the ride, believe me. I'm, and and it's, it's not a knock on Brody himself as a performer. By no means. It's it's a it's a weird combination of it's not what I expected, it's not what I wanted, and frankly, I'm it's 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 affecting my enjoyment of what they're actually doing. Right. Right. So maybe once you get past the disappointment of it not being exactly what you wanted, the wrestling aspect of it, maybe then you can turn around and, and possibly enjoy it, especially once they really show us what their intentions are. And and there's there's I'll add a third cog to that that stool as well, where it's We've had high hopes for Luke Harper for a long time. We've always said oh, yeah. that he's an amazing performer, amazing worker, does all kinds of stuff, and he's just never gotten that real opportunity underneath the Wyatt family, Bludgeon Brothers, and then just kind of vanished into non-existence, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And he's just never really gotten So at the same time, I'm sitting there going, I'm happy for dude. Like, I, I'm yeah. look at him go. So, yeah, it, I, that's what I want to see. He looked great in this squash match. Not surprisingly, it's, I mean, he was doing it for how long in WWE squashing people with only with a mallet, looking like a World of Warcraft cosplayer. So yeah, this is you know great. Let let him let him come out and work. And it was interesting because uh, I forget if it was Shivani or Jericho. Someone on commentary mentioned like we got a bunch of giants in this company. Yeah. And I was thinking about. It, I remember that was our, Nick. That was one of our initial things was they got Jake Hager. That's about it. That's the only like big scary guy they got. Now they got Hager. They got Archer. They got Brody Lee. Uh, every once in a while, Jeff Cobb shows up. Not that he's a giant, but he's a big dude. Um, they got some bigger dudes there now. Yeah, you know, and it ain't it ain't like uh, Dustin Runnels is is uh, Dustin Rhodes is a, a little guy either. So they got some big guys. So definitely, I, I think that's uh, that's exciting. I'm glad they're mo moving in the right direction, and I've got high hopes for Brody Lee still. I'm I my jury is still out. I'm still remaining skeptically. Optimistic. Well, uh, hold that thought for one second, because Kendall just dropped 50 bucks in the tip jar. Oh, my Kendall, God. Kendall, 
Kendall, thank you very much. Uh, Luchasaurus, thank you, Jacob, as well. Luchasaurus, also a big guy. Kendall, thank you so much. Thank you, Kendall. That is very, very kind of Holy you. We smokes. very much appreciate it. Oh, yes. Uh, a couple more things. Ah, dude, it's amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. You guys are freaking awesome. Um, Marco Stunt was eyeballing Brody Lee. Marco got murdered by Lance last week. Is Marco going to try and slay another giant? Uh, are we going to see Jurassic Express get involved at some point? Well, wait and see. Uh, yeah, let's see what happens there because I happens. wouldn't be mad at Luchasaurus versus Lance Archer. Ah, uh, man. That's <laughs> definitely one I've been looking forward to. <laughs> Give it to me. Put it in my Put eye in my holes. holes. All right. Yes. Uh, last couple of things here. Look, Matt yep. Hardy went just crazy. Full on, bro. <laughs> just, just, he, we're, we're back on the Hardy compound. I guess we're, we're doing the full elite deletion now. Deleting the elite. He is, we're having the elite deletion. Uh, or, I'm the sorry. Deletion. Yes. He, he challenged Jericho to the elite deletion. Bring your inner circle, your, your circle that is internal and, uh, face me on the Hardy compound. <laughs> Yep, rattle off a bunch of uh, big old, big old broken Matt promo. Yep. Uh, Sammy Guevara is a false god. <laughs> Proud and powerful are loud and devourable. He compared Jake Hager to a Frankenstein just missing his bolts. Yeah, so it was. Um, <laughs> you had Vanguard One have a cameo with Hardy's new T-shirt. Oh man! Called uh, called Jericho's shirt a dumpster fire and turned to have a little, little wasn't a dumpster. It was like a fire pit, but he had the shirt the shirt burning in there. It was on fire. So. Yeah, this was just a uh, very short little fully broken vignette. Yes. Mwah! It is back, Nick. D it's back. Dear Matt, dear dear Cody and AEW, just let him go. Just, just, just <laughs> let him exactly. do this. Go with yep. it. Just if you, yeah. if you, I hope you were watching an impact a few years ago when he was doing it. Just, just don't say anything. Just let him do what he does. Uh. <laughs> Please. It's amazing. This poor guy, man. I went to WWE, tried to get them to do it, and Vince just did not get it. Nope. Just didn't get it. And remember, it's funny, Nick, to think back on it because, and I know we do this all the time, but whatever. We'll do it again. Uh, just thinking about when the, he first came to WWE, we're like, ah, oh, broken, broken universe in WWE. And then he couldn't do it for like nine months because Anthem was holding on to the rights. Right. And then when he finally did it, the audience was kind of like, wait, what was it again? Yeah. And they, they didn't remember. And he never really got a chance to let it really let his freak flag flag fly on it. He never really got to go all the way because apparently Vince just didn't quite get it and didn't it. let him. You he you had to have let him off the chain entirely. Just do your thing for people to get back into it. Like this right here. If you had done this, people would have gotten back into it because at first they'd have been like, "What the hell is going on?" And then very quickly been like, "This is amazing." <laughs> So, yeah, it's just it's crazy to see the evolution of all this. He's finally come full circle, and he's back to doing it, yeah. and it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's great. It's great stuff. Awesome. Um, also great stuff. My God, we had an extended video package kind of ran throughout the show, building up John Moxley versus Jake Hager. It was almost like an ESPN special yeah. before a fight. And, and if they're, when they talk about sports presentation, they, they want their show to be sports presentation. Did you feel like this is exactly what they were talking about? Yeah, weigh-ins before a boxing match, things like that. Uh, Hager had his wife like doing, punching him, him in the chest and stretching <laughs> him out and doing all that stuff. She even got interviewed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. When it, do you when do you leave Anna J for Jake Hager's wife? Is my next question. Well, she's a married woman. Ah, you do have standards. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. 
Okay, just just making sure. So if they ever break up, however, you're now, on the prowl. Now, it does appear they are in an open relationship because she did make out ringside with Dustin Rhodes. So <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, you know, I they, who knows the constraints in their, their, their situation, right? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, if you ever get mad at Jake Hager, just remember, Nick, you can make out with his wife at ringside, and we'll see how that goes for you. Yeah. yeah. Because he came off, he came off looking downright terrifying in this. Like they, they showed him training, and they showed they, you know, his promo, his promo work in this, superlative. Yes. Absolutely fantastic. Moxley, we, you got what you're gonna get from Moxley. Like it was, it was a typical Moxley promo. It's gonna be violent. We're gonna beat the crap out of each other. You know that sort of thing. Whereas Jake Hager, I was very impressed by here. And overall, it did build this match up to be two big dudes having a slobber knocker. I can't wait. Jake Hager. Jake Hager can take you out in a second with that uh, triangle choke. Somehow Moxley we, just we, a dude doesn't stay down. Somehow we got to the point where Jake Hager is the number one contender. Somehow Jake Hager got to the top of that list, and they took the time to outline all of that in the bracket, like sort of bracketology. I was just like... Wow, I didn't really, I wasn't paying yeah. attention. Hell, he snuck up there real quick. Okay. Well, and it's interesting because it is kind of like boxing or MMA where you can just have, like, if you have a good record, that's going to help. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's about who the promotion wants to put up. You know what I mean? Like, you can ha- you can be 16-0 and and a 14-0 or 4-0 guy can get the title shot before you sure. if there's more heat behind that guy and the crowd wants to see that more. Draw. So that, that felt that felt very realistic. Right, if you're more of a draw. That felt real- realistic as well. So this all actually was set up beautifully honestly to build this match up and make me excited to see it which is the whole point put butts in the seats yeah exactly you know i like the fact that they pointed out jake hager he didn't take the full paradigm shift that wasn't an elevated you know ddt he just took like a straight up ddt but i love that that they even had moxley saying i spent time perfecting this move this is the move that's taken out countless people won me championships this dude had me in an ankle lock five seconds after i gave him this move that's scary. If you don't think that that worried me, you're wrong. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, they gave a whole lot of aspects. We don't have time to get into all the aspects they went into on this, all the angles they got. But it was a great way to really define a match that there hadn't been a lot of build for. This is the – Nick, this is – I want to flip my desk. This is how you do a build when you have almost no time to do a build. What it, they built this – Or nothing to really build around. Right. You had like one or two moments of physicality, and then you had this with them talking about each other, why why this match is going to be something to watch. And boom, you've got a match. You've got interest. Like, when the, before everything started, we had Roman Reigns come out and go, I'm next. Mm. Right? Yeah. No effort. No, no reason. Just because of what he... Now, we had no reason for Jake Hager, really, to go up against Moxley in, for the championship in AEW. Maybe indirectly because he's his association with Jericho in the inner circle. You could maybe connect that web. But there's real, there was really no reason. But look at what it's turned into when they invest the time into doing a little bit of effort. Well, you say Robin Reigns and Goldberg. Let's look at that, because that's the most recent example sure. of just something being thrown together. Forgetting what's happened since. That, that was just the one thing. But that, even yeah. then, even then, like, you don't announce Braun until the weekend of. You could have built something on SmackDown yeah. for it. You could have, you had, they, they knew. They knew Roman wasn't going to do it. They'd already taped it. Yep. You could have absolutely done something on Friday to set up Braun versus Goldberg. 
You absolutely could have Braun they like done a kicking video down Vince's office door and be like, sure. I want that shot. Brr. You know, just give us a reason something. to care. And it's it's not you don't have to give that much. They even gave a, a little bit with Roman and Goldberg where they showed Roman's career. They showed Goldberg's career and it's a clash. But even then we didn't give a we didn't know why these two guys just because they're they're big masculine bulls is the only reason we why they don't like each other. We were no reason to invest, and right. that's the difference. And Moxley's promos with Moxley and Hager that have been going on for like three weeks now, we are, we are just being given. It's they're just spoon feeding us. Right, but this is the piece this. de resistance of the all of all of that. Yeah, and it's but it's again it's another example of here's two big alpha males. They're gonna lock horns, but why should we care? We've we see big alpha males lock horns every week on wrestling TV. Why should we care about this one? And this one, they had both guys talking about it. They showed them training. They, show, they gave stakes. Why, Jake Hager? Why do you want the title? I'm a prize fighter. I want this for my family. Moxie, why do you want the title? Because I'm an asshole. No one else gets my title, and I want to be on top of the world because it's me. Yeah. Great. I'm in. Good stuff. I'm in. That's all you had to do with Goldberg and Roman is give us something like that where we we invest as to why these two dudes care about each other. And they they gave us the barest outline of that on WWE, but they didn't they didn't drive it home. Yeah. But this shows how it can be done. So um and, and WWE built up other matches just great. Just that those ones, the two big dudes fighting for a championship. It's 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 you know, very good parallels. I was bringing but that Jake, up specifically for something I want to say later when we get to the sort of end of SmackDown, or depending on where you got uh, it in here, because that's a little teaser. I want to talk about something later. For okay. Sure. All right. All right. We'll get to that then. But Nick, if we're going to do that, we need to hurry up and get on over to NXT. Mario Ronaldo is back. Yes, he is. And I want to start this off by saying, hat tip to Mara Ronaldo. Welcome back. And you just called an entire show by yourself. Well, he called 25 minutes of a show. Maybe 20 that's, minutes of a show. That's fair. That's, that's Let's be clear. That's fair. <laughs> he called maybe half an hour, if you watch the full hour and a half version of NXT. He called maybe half an hour, 35 minutes of a show. Because most of the show was Garga uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa for the last time. And there was no commentary no. on that. Um, and yes, Morrow, of course, being the uh, pop culture catchphrase man that he was, did uh, start the show with, hello, all you cool cats and kittens. And I was eating cereal and I spat it all over my, my table because that, that got me. I wasn't ready for that one. No. That was funny. Um, all right, let's talk about it. It was the big match of the show. It was 40 minutes long. It was uh, the, about the same length as Edge versus Randy Orton, which is getting a lot of heat for being too long and for dragging. Uh, Gargano and Champa starts off with Gargano pulling up in a van being or in, a, in an SUV being driven by his wife, Candace. She hands him a little paper bag of something and drives off. She looks very disappointed in him. He walks in. Tommaso's already there. Triple H is, is there, sitting in the ring, looking glum. The room's all smoky. It's been cleared. It's just a ring. Drake Wirtz is there, not wearing referee, just wearing all black. And Triple H says, all right, here it is. Once you guys start, that's fine. It begins in the ring. It ends in the ring. Drake's just here to count the pin. Uh, and after this, it's done. You guys are done, all right? 
You cool? All right. Once that door shuts behind me, it's go time. Walks out. Boom. Door closes. And we get the match. Um, to try to go through every beat of this match, Nick, would take way too long. But basically, it was like a highlight reel of all of the spots they did with their past matches, plus a few new ones thrown in. They fought out into the area around the ring. There was trash cans. There was tables, fire extinguishers, a uh, bunch of brutal spots. The, the ring mat got pulled up. Exposing the wood again, they were outside. They went outside at one point and got up onto a, a big old truck, uh, production truck. Fought on the top of the truck, fought their way back inside. Uh, ends up in just a absolutely brutal, just slugfest inside the ring. There's a crutch, of course. Um, and then I don't want to talk about the ending just yet. Let's take it to where we are right here. That's about 35 minutes of wrestling. 35 minutes of wrestling. And it's not even, I don't even know if I can call it wrestling. Like, it's, it's, it's professional wrestling, but it was more of just a brutal beatdown slugfest. What did you think about it up to this point? I was mad at this point. Wow. Okay, so why were you mad? What about it? Was it the production, the presentation? Why were you mad? I, I I was I was let me let me be clear because we're not talking about the ending yet. It's I was not talking about the ending. I was upset. Mm. I wasn't mad yet. Oh. <laughs> okay. Maybe we should talk about the ending to get Okay, well why were you upset at this point? Why don't why, you what, go what ahead and detail the ending so that I can just I I get got all of it a out. lot I need to say right here. And, oh damn! All right, uh, so I'll finish so up. Let's I'll finish let's up finish up it. with how it ended and how we closed right. out NXT and how we went to black because th there's a lot to say here. Okay, so they're beating the crap out of each other. It's the point where that neither of them can stand up. They just it's it's basically like. Uh, I don't know. I want to. I want to give an example of another pop culture fight, like an anime fight, where they're perfectly evenly matched, and all they're going to do is just keep destroying each other, but neither of them can ever truly win. It kind of got to that point at the end, where they were just going to keep hitting each other. They were just going to keep fighting and fighting until they couldn't move, and neither one could ever really win. Which I thought, I personally, I'm just going to inject here. I thought was a nice touch. And then Candace shows up. Candace comes through the door, finds the two of them just barely able to move inside the ring, starts crying, comes in and just like, what are you guys doing? As if she didn't already know. What are you guys doing? What are you doing to each other? Johnny, what the hell is this? Is this who you are? Um, crying him, kind of like pushing him off of Champa and accusing Champa is like, are you happy now? I hate my husband. Are you happy now? And then she turns around and kicks Johnny Gargano. Square in the Garganos. Drops him to the floor. Leaves him. Walks out of the ring. And Gargano crawls over to Champa. And they kind of embrace. And they say that they're sorry. And it's this emotional moment where it looks like they might make up. They help each other to their feet. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Candace comes from behind Champa and kicks him in the ghoulies from behind. Drops him to the floor. Johnny Gargano's kneeling in front of him. He pulls out a cup. He had a cup. He was protected. That's what Candace gave him in the bag. She'd given him a cup. She protected him. 
and he throws it in Champa's face. He smushes it in Champa's face and says, "Ha ha ha! I got you." I win. And as Champa's, I win, I win. As Champa's laying there, laid out, Johnny and Candice cackle and walk off and drive away. That's the end of the match. So, Candice heel turn. This is supposedly the last time ever we swear we promise that these two are going to fight. Nick, how did this leave you feeling? What, give, a, give me your... Go on. You said you had a lot to say. That was the match. They fight forever until they can't fight anymore. And then Candace comes in and swerves us by pretending to kick her, or by kicking her husband, but giving him protection, and then taking out Champa. And they drive off. Where are you at? What you feeling? Overall, this felt like long match for the sake of long match. You could have done all this in 20 minutes. You had a exposed ring spot and you had an outdoor truck spot, which really doesn't make any sense to go outside with a truck spot anyway. You could have done all this in the ring. I actually really liked the darkened arena with Drake in all black. I, I liked that element of it. Uh, it looked good. I liked the way it started with Johnny walking in, Triple H sitting in there in a chair and said, all right. I told you boys last week. Yep. This is it. When I go through that door, you're on Felt your own. very fight club. Don't mind Felt it. very fight club. Yep. Very like unsanctioned. Two men. Very unsanctioned it's Thunderdome. Match. Two men enter, one man leaves, right? It's yep. just unsanctioned kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Dark match. Good old traditional yeah, dark match. Not even traditional. This, this was, I think, really crossing over into cinematic territory. They shot it very much like the Boneyard match where yeah. it was cinematic. There was music going, but there was no, no announcer. Um, but where the Boneyard match really nailed it because it was just uh, it was campy and it was cheesy. Hang on, don't go off to this the side. This felt very gritty. I'm not going off to the side. I'm just talking about the production real quick. <laughs> it I'm was just saying it like, was compared, way too long. To the Boneyard. And it felt like they were trying to compete with some of the 60 minute matches of New Japan or the big long matches that we had over WrestleMania weekend. It was just long for the sake of being long. And there's part of me that appreciated that the blow-off of all blow-offs is what this has been set up to be. Over the course of these guys' past four years in career through DIY, through Champa's heel turn on his return, uh, all of this stuff, right? It just we, we have all been along for this ride. We all wanted this to culminate at WrestleMania. One, I didn't get it at fucking WrestleMania. And excuse me, but I'm really pissed off about that. Uh, two, I'm really upset that I didn't get this with a crowd. Uh, the novelty of the no crowd stuff is really starting to wear off on me, and it's it's nice at first. You want to give it a pass at first, but it's it's starting to wear on on me. Uh, it's really starting to weigh pretty heavily on me. So when you do these really really long matches <laughs> where there's no crowd, it just it kind of just grates on you even more. That right. yeah, there's nobody there to enjoy this or egg these guys on. Three, the heel won. Yeah. The heel won. It, it, they can't be done. It, there's going to have to be another match. Right. They're, yeah, they're this not, did not feel like... They're not done! Like, we're, this didn't feel, we're still this not didn't done! Feel like, yeah. <laughs> After no all that, we're still this not done! It didn't feel done. like resolution. Agreed. It didn't feel like resolution. Uh, and then Candice... <sighs> you know pure what? little Candice... You know what? Mm -hmm. I actually would not have been this bent out of shape at this had the culmination of this four years been these two brothers, these two warriors, brothers at arms, 
at the very end, but leave Candace out of it, just had beaten each other down so much that they just had no much more, nothing more to give, and they had just looked at each other at the end and gone, "What are we doing?" I'm sorry, mm-hmm. man. And that and just like that, it, had you ended it in an elegant sort of way, but no, you had to have a heel win. You brought in his wife to turn on the other guy to cheat him whatever that was supposed to be. Yeah. Then she's on social media posting pictures of purple hair and shit afterwards. And, like, I, what is going on? Well, I, I don't mind the Candice thing. I don't mind having another heel in the women's division uh, in NXT. I think they've got a, a maybe a few too many, but uh, we'll see what, what their plan is with that. I, I'm not mad at that. Um, I think that's fine. Candice wasn't really going anywhere as a face anyway. So I think switching her character up could be good for her. She had a pretty badass that, and, ladder match about an hour before this. Which we'll talk about in a second. Um, which which she didn't really play a whole big part in. She was in the finish and she yeah, lost. Yeah. So at a certain point, her face character isn't winning matches and not even getting close. Not even like, like at no point in that match that I think, oh, Candice is winning this one. You know, and that's kind of the perception of her. So she needs to shake it up. She needs to change up. And from a kayfabe logic perspective... If her husband's a heel, how long is she going to play the angry wife before you just go, dude, just leave the guy if he's such an asshole? Like when she came like, in and she said, fine, I'll finish it and kicked him in the groin. That's where I just went, oh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. Yep. No more. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm really? Just, I, nope. I, just, I, I couldn't take it anymore. And I then she came back in and kicks Champa, kicks Tomasa in the Champa. Right. Well, she has been a part of it before, right? The, her marriage to Johnny has been an element of the story before. So I didn't think that that was... Let me put it this way. I wasn't mad at Candace being involved in the finish, but the fact that it left feeling unfinished made me roll my eyes pretty damn hard. Like I was just like, when they really? and they go out to this car, get in it and drive off and the trade and we get the trademark and he goes like, "How is this supposed to be over? It's not over." Right. So you're not mad that Johnny won, you're just mad that it doesn't feel like it. Like this is supposed to be the end of it, and it didn't feel like the end of it. And you just spent forty minutes, supposedly going to well, get the climax. No, I didn't just spend forty minutes. I just spent the last two years because we didn't get the finish. We oh were, come on! We just we, listen. And I'm sorry, Champa. I know you hurt your neck, brother, and you had to go have surgery. That's not the I point. I was going to say, yeah. The brilliance, the, the reason we were both all so invested in the two of these men was because of Johnny's. Rocket-like ascension to the top, and Champa's <clears throat> excuse me surprise return after neck surgery, coming out to no music, booze, dragging his crutch, and just that was doing the, that was the high point, yeah, right. And that built to what was going to be one of the most amazing feuds and WrestleMania matches. We got two out of three falls matches, last stand man standing matches that were just amazing. We've all been so invested in this ride. And this is this this is supposed to be the end of it? No. No. The problem is though, here's the thing. It let's say that they fought until neither guy could move and they were both just dead and it was a draw. That's not advancing anything. That's not nothing is moving forward there. It's just done. And then where do they go from there? You know what I mean? Like that's I think what the at the end they were like, we need to get to a place where things have changed and moved on to something else. I just don't know if this was the right one to do. I don't know if this was the right way to do that. It didn't flipping it didn't Bim connect. back and forth face and heel for the last eighteen months. I, I think has been yeah. a big mistake. Champa That's coming back as some hurt. kind of big face. Yeah, that was weird. 
<laughs> it, it's just been weird ever since then, and yeah. I, I haven't bought back in, frankly. And then we go off on the whole Adam Cole tangent with Champa and it's and Gargano, and they both like oh, I don't know what I've lost the thread. Like like you've come all the investment we all had in Tommaso Champa versus well, Gargano two plus years ago. It's I feel like it's gone. I don't mind that it's like they're in each other's orbits, but they can never quite leave. Even if they try, yeah. it always it all comes back to each other. The problem is it feels like we're still in that pattern. Yeah. It's like, we okay, yeah, you guys passed nothing. again, and it didn't solve anything. Right, it didn't finish anything. No. Now there's still freaking beef. There's even more beef, if anything, because <laughs> a whole new reason to have beef now. But it's now, now they're just not allowed to fight. Like, is that going to be where it goes? Like, nope, we said it was the last one. Sorry, Tommaso, you don't get to get reven- revenge now. Now, how long is that going to last? So that is, that is frustrating. I and, can't remember and, the last time I was mad. NXT. I guess the the I thing that I had the biggest beef about, and I didn't, I wasn't mad after this. I was just kind of like, all right, all right, well, fine. You know, I I didn't I didn't have any big emotions either way, which is also it's kind of damning as well. I wanted to feel something from this. I didn't feel anything, and that's almost worse. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like it's like it's like the parents like I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. That's kind of where I was about. It. I was just yeah, I'm not eh. your dad. I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. I'm just, just I was. I was exactly. disappointed in this. All of the all of the spots seemed arbitrary. Like in a match that's supposed to feel organic, this felt arbitrary. Why are they on top of the truck? Because there's a truck there. Why are they back out in the stands again? Because there's stands there. You know, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? It's because it's there. It's just because they have to. Like nothing felt organic. There was a couple times where you could see them considering what to do next. Like, I'm gonna do this because Oh, I got this. So that means like, but very rarely did I feel like they were considering what to do next and thinking and planning. It just seemed like they were doing things because they had to. You use big truck high spots like that as an ultimate finisher after you've torn the ring apart and done your standard stuff that you normally do, and that still doesn't put them down. Then you drag you them mean, outside and throw them right. off the top of a truck. But remember, the, why but do we in the just middle? Did that? We just did that with Orton and Edge. That spot just. Happened well, in I mean, another match. Throw edge off the truck, like, or you know, vice versa. But you know, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like this just happened. Like if you're if you're going to have another match like Edge and Orton, don't be like Edge and Orton. Right. And this felt too much like Edge and Orton, just with less commentary. So it was just more kind well, of. People were saying Edge and Orton even felt like rehashed Champa Gargano tearing up the Performance Center. So what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Right. Pretty much. Uh, so yeah, this. So ultimately, I guess what we're saying is this was disappointing, and it had all the potential. It had, all the potential was there. There was a lot of good aspects to it that I could point out. A lot of things that I liked about it, but ultimately disappointing, and yeah, just felt open ended too, which it wasn't supposed to. No, it's it was supposed but, to be the great. It's supposed to be Frodo throwing the ring into Mount Doom. Like it's like done. It finish. <laughs> it doesn't. It feels like the ironically, end of fellowship. Ironically, just like Frodo throwing the ring in Mount Doom, there's still an hour left of movie. So right. <laughs> <laughs> So Oh man. Well that it is it is a bummer, but hopefully they will in a year or two have another one that, that uh, surpasses it because an audience will be there. We that wasn't all that was on NXT though, Nick. We also had a six woman number one contenders ladder match with Mia Yim, Chelsea Green. Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, and Tegan Knox, And this was a fun, exciting match that was as good as it could be without an audience, which is kind of... Uh, that should just be an automatic caveat at this point to any match. Yeah. It was as good as it could be without an audience. 
Um, these women killed themselves out there too. Like just another ladder match where it's just like, oh my god, they're doing this, and they don't even have the adrenaline of an audience, the adrenaline that, like that an audience gives them to to see them through some of these spots. This is one of those um, two plus two equals four kind of things. You're going to take the women's division in NXT and th- put a, right. give them a ladder match and hang a number one contender briefcase as a little teaser for Money in the Bank coming up soon. Uh, you know, in. Where's my popcorn? Mm-hmm. Just put it in my eye holes just all perfect, day. Perfect length for a match like this with no yeah. crowd, too. Like, there was no About filler. 25 minutes, I think. All action. Yeah. Like they got they got their spots in. Everyone had a spot. Everyone had a moment. The feuds that existed, like the kind of the simmering feud between Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, was given time. Uh, some of the beef between like Mia Yim and Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae and Io Shirai have beef. Uh, Chelsea Green's just a dick and hates everybody. Everyone hates her. And like they got some time where she it was they they showed how the relationship between her and Robert Stone is working when she uh, had her leg busted at one point. And tried to crawl up the ladder. She couldn't make it. So Stone ran in, ran up the other side of the ladder with his sparkly shoes with no socks, <laughs> which was the biggest heel move of the entire match to me. What, and not wearing socks? Not wearing socks with sparkly shoes. <laughs> with loafers. <laughs> you bastard. You son of a bitch. Oh, He's got heat with me now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he pulls her up, tries to get her the briefcase, very, uh, um, very Ellsworth-like. And uh, that didn't work out. They both got tossed off of the... Of the uh, ladder in a <laughs> Chelsea took a nasty landing on those ropes. Uh, so everyone got their moment, and of course Io Shirai not only did a really gnarly uh, rope to a splash spot where she was on the ladder. They pushed the ladder over. She somehow managed to balance on the damn rope while it was being hit by a ladder, and then did a splash off of it onto a bunch of women. Um, but it ended with Shirai and uh, and Candice LeRae climbing the ladder on the opposite sides. Shirai. Grabs Deco- grabs Candace by the face, shoves her off. She bounces off a ladder that had been uh, set up in the corner, and Shirai grabs the briefcase. Um, Tegan Knox also took a brutal ladder spot where she got uh, thrown off. Was she get kicked by Dakota Kai? It kicked her yeah. off, and she went sp- splat through a ladder that was set up outside of the ring, and then sold it like death. Props to Tegan Knox sell on this spot. By the way. She looked dead. I loved it. Um, Raquel Gonzalez was involved as well. Anyway, so it was a great match. Io Shirai is your winner. What do you think about Io Shirai as the number one contender for Charlotte Flair's NXT title? If you had told me at the Royal Rumble that Charlotte Flair winning would ultimately lead to her beating Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship and then going on to face Io Shirai, I would have laughed at you. I would have told you you were crazy, and I would have told you that WWE would never give that to us. And yet, here we are. And yet, here we are. For everyone who's mad... (laughs) If I've ever said, put it in my eye holes, I'll never say it more emphatically than I will right now. (laughs) Io Shirai (laughs) chasing Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Mm -hmm. Championship... Put it in my eye holes. Yes. All yeah. day. The only the only downside is we know Shirai is not beating her for the damn thing, which does kind of suck. But it's Charlotte. I'm not making that everybody. bet. I, I, I am. Charlotte's not dropping it that Charlotte quickly. Charlotte needs but, to come back to the main roster. So hey, well, I wouldn't put it past him. No, they're going to have her go against a bunch of the women in NXT. Um, you know, just work with them. This is, the, this is just a really good way to start. For anyone who's mad at Charlotte being champ, I want to, she's, look, here's the thing. Say what you will about her. 
She is an absolutely fantastic wrestler. She she's is. one of the best wrestlers they have. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason why she's at the top spot, and it's not just because her last name's Flair. because she's actually really good. I want to see her against Io Shirai. I want to see her against Tegan Knox. I want to see her against Mia Yim. Like, I want to see her against a lot of these women. Candice LeRae. Yeah, cool. Bring it on. Here's the other thing I'll say about this. <clears throat> and this was one of the problems with uh, with Baszler's reign um, previous to this. Sure. Ba- and Asuka's previous to that. <laughs> Baszler was always involved. The thing about this match is there was no Rhea Ripley. There was no Bianca Belair. Charlotte was nowhere near it. It was a legit number one contenders match. There were no interferences. Yes. There were no, no. like super people involved in it. It was a scrum, right? Whoever can get to the top mm-hmm. of that ladder, and I loved that for it. Yes. So I had, that, to me, it was one of the things that stood out to me is like, huh, they haven't done this in a while, where they just let the number one contenders have a, a cat fight and just go at it and see who can come out on top. Going into this with the with the cast of characters that we had, it, I, Io Shirai was the obvious favorite. Uh, I was wondering if they were going to pull the trigger on a Dakota Kai here. Um, that was a kind of an outside guess, but I, you know, I'm not, ha- I'm not unhappy with this result in any way whatsoever. No. And it was a fantastic if, match. If you want to make Charlotte being NXT champ exciting, this is the way to do it. Yep. I, I think this is going to, is going to make a lot of the naysayers for that, you know, hush up a little bit on it. We could have I, a I moon, really do. moonsault off between the two You're, of them. Yeah. This is going to be a fantastic match. Even though I don't think that Shirai is winning in any world. I just want a good match, man. I just want good matches. And I think that this is going to be one. So you, uh, so you think Charlotte's going to hold down NXT while Becky's got Raw and Bailey and Sasha are holding down SmackDown? Is that what you're looking at there yeah. from a landscape yes. perspective? Yes, and at some, point, at some point there'll be a redemption story for Rhea Ripley. Maybe in six months. I don't know, however long it is. And that's fine. That's fine. I'd love to see Charlotte working against a lot of this up-and-coming talent. I think that's a great option. I understand why they're doing it. Um, people that are, that are feel like Charlotte's burying everybody, you've got to have her... You, these talents aren't going to beat the top people right off the bat. You can't... It's not, that's not how it works. They have to build themselves up. But yeah. letting them work against someone who knows what she's doing, who can teach them stuff, like Charlotte, I think that's a good opportunity. Sure. So, and having, having someone who's a world-class talent like Io Shirai, who doesn't really need to be taught a whole lot, being the first one to go against her and, say, and kind of show like, hey, all right, we're not just going to have Charlotte kills people's matches. We're going to have actual freaking matches. Like, dude, Charlotte Rhea was one of the best matches of WrestleMania. It Go was. back and look. It was. That was one of the best matches. Like, even you can be mad at Charlotte winning, but you got a goddamn good match. You can be mad at Charlotte beating you, Shirai. You're going to get a good match. So it's going to be, it's not like we're going to have just squash, 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 and she's going to make them all look like crap. She's going to make them look good. Mm-hmm. So I, I see this as a net positive. Yeah. So, uh, one more thing we had on this show, Indushare. That's the new uh, the new tag team, the two big Indian dudes led around by Malcolm Bivens. Malcolm Bivens. Uh, Malcolm Bivens. I love it. I'm so in already. I've been telling y'all forever about Malcolm Bivens. This is going to be fantastic. <laughs> I love these two workers. I love. They could be the new AOP. I'm actually going to call them the new AOP. Just two big, uh, or the new ascent, which was the new ascension. Whatever. The two big. They always have like the the big heavies. Yeah. On the tag division. Mm. I love it. They're going to go a long way. Uh, they beat up Everrise, Chase Parker, Matt Martell, uh, who we've seen a couple times before getting beat up. 
But uh, yeah, what do you see as the potential of IndusShare? Like I've got my, I, obviously I love them. I'm all in. What do you think about IndusShare? I'm not all in yet, but I, I, I see the potential. I want to see a little more than them dragging a squash match out for 10 to 15 minutes, which is basically all this was. Why, why did it have to go on as long? Because we're filling time right now. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Look, I want to be clear about that. I understand why Champa Gargano was 45 minutes, whatever right. it ended up being. I understand why this tri- pretty traditional squash match went on for 10 minutes or more yeah. when it should have been 30 seconds. And maybe right. Malcolm Bibbins promoing <laughs> over the top of their dead corpses yes. in the middle of the ring, which is what you should be doing with these guys. I'll agree with that. But um, I, I'm not there yet. I, I don't. I don't. I haven't seen enough. I want to see <laughs> them have matches. I want to see them. You know, like we we know that. Well, we can't talk about it yet because we got to talk about it with SmackDown. We, things are changing in the tag division in NXT, and I, for the better. Right, let's bring up some new tag teams, but we're also sure. moving some people on. So I want to see how the tag division shapes up, because right now you had to go and scramble, bring in some UK guys like the Grizzled Young Vets, and throw a couple of singles guys together yep. like the Broserweights in order to pull off your Dusty Classic this year. So um, I'm, I'm still a little bit iffy on the tag division in NXT when traditionally it's been like lights out. Like where is right. it at right now? Where's Undisputed and then- Era? And to be clear, yes, I know these guys are still pretty green, but that's why NXT is NXT. It's there. It's for them to get that experience, work with guys like Lorcan and Birch, work with guys like Undisputed Era. You know, earn like learn some of the 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 ways that this works. I think they've got a ton of potential. So, I, to me, they're exciting. Yeah. And to close um, things and- out here, real quick, Esme Booby Champ, as she's named herself. Uh, threw ten dollars into the tip jar, saying, "Toss oh, a coin you, to your podcaster, Old Valley of Plenty." <laughs> I'm not even. Uh, Thank you, Esme. You know, you got to work on that. You got to work Thank on that. You. I um, am not a singer. I'm a drummer. We we saw. <laughs> Tells I you all am you need not to know. Don Henley. Tells you all you need to know. Uh, you're, you're Phil Collins. Uh, we saw another killer cross uh, little little vignette. Waiting to see what happens with him. He was not involved in Gargano Ciampa, so that was interesting. But yeah, what are your thoughts uh, on overall, Cross? By the way, I, I, like I I'm, I think they've got him and Scarlett Bordeaux kind of setting deal. up a pairing there potentially. Uh, that's what uh, I'm probably, hearing feeling. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if they're going to bring him out still with Scarlett Bordeaux. Um, I'm cu- I'm very curious what they have in store for him. They're they're making him look like a, some sort of apocalyptic monster right now. So that could be very cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, looking forward to seeing where they're going with all this stuff, Nick. But that's it for this week on NXT, which means... Oh, by the way, speaking of the tag division, Nick, in NXT, one of the reasons I think they called up into share is they lost another major component, major. Uh, you, you may have forgotten about who they were, but you won't if you watched Friday Night SmackDown. We're going to start off the same way we started oh, in SmackDown. Man. There, there go my ear holes. But uh, <laughs> yes, I, 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 instead of talking about those you may have forgot, we are going to start off with the big, the monster among men, Braun Strowman, yeah. your new universal champion, uh, the cursed title, the cursed blue title. Uh, so he celebrated his win over Goldberg by coming out and celebrating <laughs> and saying, I'm the new, I'm the new champion. But he's very quickly interrupted by Nakamura and Cesaro, uh, who came out and said, yeah, it's great, but uh, we've got beef with you. 
Long story short, we ended up with a match between Braun Strowman and Nakamura. And just because Braun needed to recoup his loss over Nakamura, who took his, his Intercontinental Championship away from him, gave it to Sami Zayn, well, Nakamura got taken out by Strowman here. And lest you think that they gave Nakamura some time after this, no, he lost. And immediately we get a Firefly Funhouse skit. Mm. Uh, Bray shows up and says, hey, Braun, remember when I got you out of the swamp and gave you your career? That's great. Why don't you apologize to me for leaving? And oh, by the way, you have something that I want. Why don't you give me that as well? I was hoping this is what would happen. No, you were not. What? Nick. No, you're, let me, wait, let me oh. be clear. Bray calling back again to something that happened previously to do with the Wyatt family. And I like this thing where he's going back and getting redemption on all the people that have wronged him, including Braun failing to assist him and turning on him. And throwing the black mask at him and going off on his own. Are you not looking at the bigger picture here, though? What? Look at the big picture. Okay, well, first of all, <laughs> Nakamura irrelevant. I guess we don't have to talk about any of the Nakamura stuff. Yeah, nobody cares. That just, that, that, right, it was just there. By the way, what there. I do care about is that goddamn Loch Ness Monster. Sorry. Mr. D threw 350 into the tip jar. Mr. D? Because Thank you. I'm going to need about 350 <laughs> $3.50. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you, Loch Ness uh, Monster. All right, before I lose yeah. my point here, <coughs> pause. Uh, Bray back in the title picture. It's not even that it's Strowman. Like, hey, cool, they have history. We knew at some point he was coming for Strowman. He's he just lost the title to Goldberg, and we were so mad because it was dumb, and looking back in hindsight, it was really dumb. Really didn't have to happen. But now he's already back in it, and either he loses to Strowman and it sucks, or he beats Strowman and becomes a champ again and it sucks. Either way, this sucks. Why is he back in the title picture already, Nick? I don't know that it needs to happen tomorrow. It's like maybe you we draw this out, right? It it's doesn't it doesn't in the bank. It's going to happen to Money in the Bank. I guarantee it. Uh, allegedly, that's not a that's an Ian guarantee. I don't think it's going to. Ha- I don't that think that's going to happen yes, in Money is. in the Bank. Okay, I guarantee it. Strowman versus Bray at Money in the Bank. Write it down. There's no way Bray doesn't that's- win. Right, and then he's champ again. And you know what that leads to? Every road leads to Roman. And then Roman's going to take out the Fiend, and it's all going. <laughs> so, so no, I'm not happy about this. I love the I love the fact they have a story to tell here. Great, you have a story to tell, but it's the wrong to tell the story when there's not a title involved. We're we're back to where we were with Seth, where it's like you didn't have to do this right now. Yeah, there's That's other fair. things you could have done. That's totally fair. I I I, I grant you that completely. Uh, I uh. I really I really think that the story here could be good though. I really like the way Braun kind of landed the plane on this at the end. Anytime you're ready, I'm ready to let him in, you know? And because, yeah. like, that closing, like, the first promo when he opened SmackDown was just like, all right, fine, roar, <laughs> get these hands, and scripted promo XYZ, right. blah, blah, blah. But the end, when he was talking directly to Bray, kind of right. just laughing, going, <laughs> whenever you're ready, I'm ready to he, let, me, let you in. All right, I'll take this. What on the level you're going at with this, which is just the story aspect. It, it is what it is. It, but it, I, I agree with you. I like the fact 
that he is he is selling this like he knows who Bray is. He's selling this like I understand what you are. I I I've been there. Like he's like an ex cult member, right? He's like I'm. I got out of your little circle. I know everything about you. I know what to expect. And it, but he but he still sold him. He's like I, I'm. I'm a little trepidatious about it. I know I know what you are, but I think I got this. I like again. The story is fine. The damn title's involved now. That's what I got beef with. That's what I've, I'm like. No, no don't put the. T- you're thinking uh, three steps ahead that this is all just for Roman, which is going to drive you crazy. It's going to drive us both you crazy. Do but so, don't you put that in on me, Ricky Bobby. Give it, give it, it's too late. <laughs> it's out. It's there. I know. You know it's there. You know it's there. And they're going to keep him champ just long enough because they've got too many of this, this stupid face belt still in their warehouse they didn't sell yet because right. they're 5000 goddamn dollars. Six. Six. They, six okay, 6, so they, but they still got to sell those things. We've got to have Brady champ again. Oh, God. Sorry. This, this, I want to see the story. Again, I think this is a, go, a cool story. Can, the cool things can be done with it. Yep. Obviously, these guys love working together. They're, they're, they're great friends in real life. Braun is Bray's son's godfather. Right. So, you know, this is obviously going to be a lot of fun for them. Putting the Roman stuff aside. and the, the, the can. It's there. It's the elephant in the room, Nick. Putting the Roman stuff aside for the moment. I like this because what does Braun know that, like, maybe Asina didn't know? Because he's been inside the walls. Does he know how to deal with Bray in a different way? Do we get as good of a story out of this? And and I'm not going to say that it's going to be better than what we just saw on, at WrestleMania between Cena and Bray. I don't know that that'll ever be topped, frankly. Um, but I, it, is Braun going to be able to tell a different, possibly more intriguing version? Possibly. He's not anywhere near the actor or the promo that Cena is, for sure. But a big guy able to go in and maybe potentially overpower the fiend just with brute strength. I don't know. I'm intrigued. Yeah, it worked out worked out real well last time someone overpowered the fiend with brute strength, didn't it? Uh I I I can't unsee the big picture on this. I again, I'd love to see the story. And you're talking about the story. Oh, the story's gonna be great. I hope. Like you said, right now, like I've got all kinds of faith in Bray. I don't have faith in Vince. And I know that's what Vince is looking at in the big picture. He's gonna strap him again real quick and then we're off to the next. Who else does Bray have beef with? What if Roman with, never know? comes back? Well, then obviously <clears throat> plans change. Uh, all right, let's talk about something that's going to be fun for both of us. The right. dirt sheet. The dirt sheet is back. Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey. 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 Ho, oh, ho, ho. Uh, another great little segment with them talking about all the good news. All the good news. Uh, how Morrison was the first man in history to retain a tag team championship by himself. <laughs> uh, Miz saying he was the first guy ever in history to retain a tag team championship from his couch, which uh, Xavier Woods took exception to because he said he's been doing it for years now. Um, this is a fun little segment. Of course, at the end, it was interrupted as soon as Miz and Morrison started going into a live version of Hey, Hey, Ho, Ho, uh, which was... I, I'm sorry, this is classic. I was hoping because, of course, the Usos and New Day come out to interrupt and say, hey, 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 hold on a second. I was disappointed. I thought we were heading into Rap Battle Part 3. I need these three teams to have a rap battle. I just want to throw that out there right now. Okay. Uh, considering how great, 
how great the New Day versus Usos rap battle was, I need to see New Day versus Usos versus Miz and Morrison in a rap battle. Put that in my eye holes. Yeah. Yeah, Nick. Don't shake your head. You know you love it. You know you want it. You know you want it. This was okay to me. I was I, by the end of it, they're singing their song, and I'm just like, oh god, okay. It's I think the Usos much. are. I like that. That's good news. I like all of those things. It felt a little slow, like they. No, it, just, it was. Eh. It was that was choppy. I love that <laughs> they're talking about. They're talking about the boneyard match. They're talking about AJ Styles got buried in the middle of the match. That's a nightmare I have on the regular. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, that's funny stuff. Um, th- this was great, but the Usos I thought were turning heel because right. they interrupted the damn song. Yeah. They interrupted the song. It's like that's a heel move. No, I'm obviously kidding. Whoa. All right, so you thought this was you thought this was you thought this was so so. We ended up getting uh, next week. It's going to be the triple threat the other way singles match: Biggie, Miz, and uh, Jey Uso for the tag team championships because it's we have to establish the other way around. And then if Miz retains there, they'll probably ask for a proper tag team match. <laughs> That's fine. These guys are all entertaining. I was entertained by this segment. Were you not entertained, Nick? It was fine. At least it was, it somewhat, was fine. It was fine. All right. I, I was more entertained by this than I was by pretty much almost everything else on the show. Uh, Nikki versus Nikki Cross versus Kyrie Sane. In a pretty good match, actually. I will say that this match was actually pretty yeah. good. Um, it was fine. But, uh, yeah, it was fine. The backstage segment, but not I, so much. Yeah, well, the backstage segment just kind of was. Uh, Nikki beats Kyrie Sane straight up. Uh, I call it an NXT-style match because they actually, you know, worked. It was great. Uh, but then backstage, Nikki was feeling invincible. Invincible! And uh, Carmella and Dana came up to her and Alexa to say, well, if you're, thro- if you're feeling invincible... Why don't you let us have a shot at the tag team titles? Because we're totally established tag team. And uh, Alexa and Nikki had a, a quick conversation and said, all right, fine, sure, Nikki, lay off the caffeine. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have much to say about this, Nick. Like, what, what, it's the women's tag team division. They're doing something with it, at least. But is it enough? Or does this, does this highlight how spare it is, how much there's just nothing going on with it? I want to give them a pass. Okay. For what's going on right now. They're doing probably doing working with what they've got available. Even Carmella and Dana Brooke were self-isolating and self-quarantining uh and couldn't be involved previously. So they now they're bringing them back. That makes me think that there's no other women available if they're bringing those two back and putting them in a tag match for the women's championships. Yeah, I'm just I'm not going to be too judgy on this because it's it is what it is. They're probably working with what they've got with the the talent availability that they've got. You know, it the backstage promo was fun because Nikki and Alexa kind of made it fun. Carmella and Dana just kind of sh- highlighting their weaknesses. What do you always say? Hide the weaknesses, focus on the strengths. Their strengths are not promos. So well, there's certainly not these awkward backstage no. ones where, they, where it just it feels completely staged and unnatural. Yeah. yeah. But that's also, that's, it's hard to make these feel natural. So I'll give them a bit of a break there. Yeah. But again, I guess, and this, someone just asked this in the chat too, and this is one of the places I was going with this, is it's, a, it's the women's tag division. 
you only have so many tag teams. Where the hell are the Iconics? Yep. It's time. Like, I, obviously, you can't really bring them back now, perhaps, because of everything that's going on right now, and you might have a limited roster. But at some point, they're a damn tag team. They're a good tag team, I think. Well, if, if I'm, I, I if I'm like reading into it, Adam Cole's not letting anybody leave the house. I mean, of course, Britt. Adam Cole. That's Britt Baker. I understand. Britt Baker's over there. Where I'm, I'm thinking of Sean, of Sean Spears. Sean Spears. So Sean they're Spears. working. I don't know if Peyton just doesn't want to leave the house because they're constantly just uh, showing videos of them swimming in the pool and doing all this stuff on social media. Why are, why are they not working? I don't know. Maybe they're not being called. I don't know why. I don't know why. I thought they were great. What do I know? Uh, we we don't. We don't know. My point being, all of these superstars are very active on social media. They're very sherry with what's going on. Obviously, they're not that sick. And what I read into that is that they're taking it personally, much like I am, to bolt the damn doors and stay inside and stay home. And personal safety is more important than being on SmackDown. So there are certain people that will go and work that are willing to yeah. do that or that need to. One wonders if there will be any repercussions about that. Yep. Um, so. yep. You, weren't, uh, you weren't there when we needed you, pal. Yeah, you didn't want to grab the brass ring. By, no, <laughs> the, I, the I wanted corona, to live. The Corona-flavored ring. Right. Uh, Sasha and Bailey were out to gloat about Bailey's win. Bailey ended up cutting, I think, one of her better heel promos. I got to throw this yeah. out here, Nick. I thought Bailey felt like the heel I wanted her to feel like at WrestleMania. Just this snart, like this nasty gloating, just just nasty heel. Um, and out comes Tamina. You know, as 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 you do, Tamina comes out and says, uh, "You know, one eliminated me. All four of you had to do it. So why don't you give me a title shot right now?" And Bailey says, ha, 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 "No, but you can fight Sasha." And Sasha was like, "What? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna what? How, how about a what? What?" We know where say, we know where this is going. They're going to just keep dangling this carrot in front of us that Sasha's going to turn on Bailey at some point, yep. and they're just well. Bailey they, keeps throwing her under the bus. Yep. You know, she's saying when when I did this and I did that, and then correcting herself. I mean, we. So yeah, they're still they're they're making it a longer build. I don't know if they're trying to build it to SummerSlam. Should have done it last it's, year. But it's uh, should have done a long time ago. Should have done it at WrestleMania. But here we are. We're, we're slow playing this freaking turn. But is Sasha going to turn face? Like, again, already? How are they going to do this, Nick? How are that? I mean, what are we building to even here? I don't know. What are we even building we to? We don't know. They don't know. Uh, do, we, do, do you feel like they think we need to get more established traction as to why Sasha will finally turn on Bailey? Maybe. Or is that, are they trying to swerve us at the end of this? Mm because normally when they do stuff like this, it's just like, I want my shot at the title. And right. it's that, you know, childish. It's that petulant. But if, if 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 they're doing the right thing here, yes, Bailey's kind of being a dick to Sasha. And eventually you can only take so much of that, but you're like, no, nah, screw you, dude. Oh, hey, by yeah. the way, I want your title. You know? Then they're making it pretty obvious. Tamina even said, you know, all right, cool. We'll have a match next week. If I win, I get a title shot. By the way, Sasha, your friend is screwing you over. Um, so they're making it pretty, pretty obvious. Yeah, it's coming. And yeah, either they're making it obvious because they, they want to play the lowest common denominator or they're making it obvious because they want to swerve us. And either way, I really have no idea where they're going to land this thing because 
all right, Sasha turns on Bailey. Does that mean she's a face? Or I, I, uh, I don't know. Or are they going to have another WrestleMania where we're like, we think she's going to turn and she's like, no, we're best friends. We're besties. Like at some point, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's just that I'm not emotionally connecting with it too. No, me either. I, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm kind of ch- tuned out. Uh, I really haven't been on board with the – I was intrigued at the perspective of it or the possibilities of it, of the Bailey heel turn initially. I just – I haven't gotten on board that train. And I know a lot of people like where it's starting to evolve into and it's getting better and things like that, but I'm just – I'm not there. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. I, I just – I don't see it. Yeah. I'm afraid of the, they're going to have to do some more to make me care too, although Bailey's promo this week was a good way to start. Sure. Because she, she did come across as genuinely unlikable, yep. which she needs to. Yep. Uh, also genuinely genuinely unlikable, Dolph Ziggler, that rat bastard. <laughs> and uh, and Sonya Deville came out and had a match with Tucky Tucker from Heavy Machinery. Dolph beating him straight up. Um, he and, and Sonya explained they just want the best for Mandy. So this, this all is continuing. It all keeping on. We're all staying in each other's orbits over here. Otis and Mandy are off on Instagram working out together. Otis is holding bananas for some reason while Mandy does all the workout work. That's fantastic. Right. Is, that a, is that a phallic reference of some sort? Or, like, why is he holding a bunch of bananas? You know, I, I don't... I don't... Maybe it's, like, the King Kong reference. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Saying he's a, he's, a, he's a big old ape and she's Fay Ray. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but it's adorable. I'm curious where all this is going. This, this I'm actually invested in. Of course we are, because we love that Otis-Mandy thing, so... Uh, point of order, if I can, real quick. I, I know that Tucker was having the match against Ziggler this week, but if we're pairing Sonya Deville with Ziggler mm. and yep. Mandy Rose with Otis, yes, where's Tucker fit into this whole thing? He's got his boys back, Nick. Don't you? Don't you? Listen, don't you start? I don't you start. I I I'm not saying he's going to turn on him. I'm saying, is he going to get lost? Are we going to? Because this in no way doesn't end in some kind of intergender or mixed tag match with Sonya and Dolph, Mandy and Otis. Like it's inevitable. At some point it's going to happen. Or there's going to be like singles matches with each of their on the other sides. Where's Tucker in all this though? Hopefully, after we saw that amazing Elimination Chamber performance and the gauntlet match before Elimination Chamber. That dude can, like, do we split up heavy machinery? Do they go off and, and have and their own Dolph, singles? By the way, this match was really well worked, it too. Was. I mean, him and Dolph have great chemistry. They, they're both talented AF. They're both ex, like, high, top-level amateur wrestlers. Yeah. So they're great in the ring together. And he's a 300-pounder. You don't find those around the corner every day that can Who's do the stuff agile, that he does? Agile as hell. So, yeah, I mean, Tucker going to be just fine. Remember remember back when he was in NXT, they called him up to the greatest Royal Rumble. Like, they have they, – he's earmarked. Yeah. Otis, Otis is an attraction. Tucker is a guy who can work. Yep. He's, he is, in the best sense of the word, a good hand. So what they do with him, I'm, I'm very curious about. And I, and I just hope that they don't screw it up by having him, like, turn on Otis or something and no, break up heavy machinery. Uh, like, no. Well, I mean, what comes to mind no. from the look and the potential – and maybe never really going anywhere is like a Snitsky, you know? Oh, no. Don't make, I, him, I don't, a, I don't, don't make him a Snitsky. I don't want you, him to what? be another Snitsky where he just kind of just, just does oh, the oh, same okay. thing. <sighs> and I don't want like, that just, to happen, but that feels oh, like that, that potentially could happen. 
No, okay. Where, Don't where do he's that. just gonna just... have one catchphrase, have a short run, and then just be a big dude for the sake of being take a big a ba- dude. Take a baby and then be gone. Oh. Just because you have Snitsky's beard doesn't mean that you should be referencing him in in in, in relationship no, that, to, to Tucker. That man. thing is glorious now. If you guys haven't Leave seen the alone. special on Snitsky, it's that thing. That's gonna be me in about two more weeks of quarantine. Don't we have a, a listener who got hit by Snitsky in an in, indie wrestling match with a chair? I think somebody actually wrestled him. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was like, we didn't talk about the match. He just started hitting me with the chair. Like, what you guys can't see because of the lighting is, <laughs> is the sides that are grown out to almost a foot now because I haven't had a yeah. trim in a few months. He looks like if Santa Claus got electrocuted. Right. Uh, all right, so, Nick, let's get on to the next match. And this is one I know is going to be near and dear to your heart because, as we know, after WrestleMania, there's call-ups. People show up on each other's brands. And sure enough, we finally did get some call-ups this week on SmackDown. And of all the people to get called up, it was in a from a very like a tag team division that was already dying down there in NXT. It's very very thin. They they thinned it out even more by calling up the Forgotten Sons, and the Forgotten Sons debuted on SmackDown against the poor poor Lucha House Party, Metalik and Lince Dorado. Uh, all right, Forgotten Sons on the main roster. They had a Forgotten Sons match. Um, they basically just beat the Lucha House Party into submission. Lucha House Party doing a whole bunch of flippy technical wrestling and just got, I got overwhelmed by the force of Forgotten Sons. They didn't even need to have Jackson Riker help them. Oh. Just beat him, beat him straight up. Um, what do you think about Forgotten Sons on the main roster? Are we that much closer now, Nick, to your prediction that Jackson Riker will one day main event WrestleMania? Yes. <laughs> Listen. Can I be real? If I can be serious for a minute, um, they are going to be much more liked on the main roster than the very smarky kind of audience that is in NXT. All right, Here's what I mean by that. I'm I'm going to try to say this in the most nice, delicate way as I can, but I can get away with it because I'm from North Carolina. And I went to a military school. There is an unwritten sort of love for ex-military and sort of I want to use the word rednecks, but kind of rednecks. Like we love our rednecks in the South. Like, right? Hey, good old boys. The good old yeah. boys. We we wear cutoff denim jackets and bikers and things like that. You know, it's it's there's a way of life down here. That, and there is a lot of that in the main roster audience. Can I throw this out there? Yeah. Wesley Blake feels like a wannabe good old boy. Like Cutler feels like that dude has been working on motorcycles since he was two years old. Right. Jackson Riker is Jackson Riker. He's just, you know, he. <laughs> uh, Marshall just but, said it in the chat. He's a North Carolina boy too. Uh, he said this call up proves that some, you know, someone in WWE listens to BWO. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just it, saying. As if you, as if you need more. If you needed more proof, right. here it is. Uh, but no, I, I, I love Wesley Blake. I'm glad he's finally on the main roster after all of these years of, of <laughs> toiling down in NXT. Uh, so he's finally on the main roster. He's never come across to me as like a real biker or like a real good old boy or anything like that. Like he feels like a city boy who grew his hair long and started hanging out with bikers and is kind of like, oh, that's what we do now. We get the back tattoos and oh yeah, let's let's, let's chaw. Chaw sounds good. Well, how do you do this? You know, like he, that's what he feels like to me. Yeah. Um, th- at, at least he's he is working hard. And he's doing his best. Like he's talented. All right, fine. Forgot. All right. For as, as you were saying, Nick. Will they get over the main roster? Yes. They're they're heels, so this whole idea of the love for the military thing—I don't know if that's going to work for them. 
uh, in the way that you're thinking. But they'll definitely catch attention. Um, and I think they're also going to be Let's not they're forget they're big division. jack dudes, especially yeah. Jackson standing ringside. You know, I, I, listen, I think I think that dude's going to be a megastar one day in WWE. Vince is going to take a look at Jackson Riker and go, yeah, give me that. Vince, Jackson Riker is everything Vince likes. Yep. Like, he's he's the warlord. He's Hercules all over again, right? Yep. Can't wrestle to save his life, but the dude looks amazing. He looks amazing. When he's standing there just jacked and staring into the camera like he's going to eat your babies, you just go, who the hell is this dude? But you know, but I know you have way more love for him than I do. But but just to just to be clear, Jackson Riker is like prototypical Vince, dude. So yeah, Vince gonna take a look at him and be like, "Oh, what can we do with that guy?" Mm-hmm. And the other Forgotten Sons in this tag division are gonna stand out as well. Yep. You've got Miz and Morrison, kind of like, you know, the 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 happy go lucky dads. The yeah, the the mouthy dads. Yeah. You've got the Usos, who are the Usos. You got the New Day, who are the New Day. And then you got the Forgotten Sons. They, that they stand out now they, in this tag they, division. You have brawlers in the tag division now, right? And it's been missing. Exactly. We've had all these mouthy and high high spots and things like that. Yeah. No, you, now you've got some strikers, and it's they're going to fit in really well. Yep. And you've also got a third in Jackson Riker. And when Xavier Woods comes back in a couple of months, that'll pair up really well with the New Day, where you have a three on three. So this is, I think that's going to that uh, that will all fit in fairly well. I'm actually feeling very bullish. On the Forgotten Sons on the SmackDown roster, so I think it's put it that move. way. I just feel, I just feel bad for Lucha House Party because goddamn, that was this reminded me of Lars Sullivan. Yeah, call up the big angry dudes from NXT and have them kill the, the poor little Lucha team. And yeah, Semper Fi. Thank you for your service, boys. By the way, I wanted to get that out there. So yeah, yeah all right, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Sheamus beat up Cal Bloom. Cal Bloom, by the way, uh, that's a big boy. <laughs> He's not small. I usually. He's not small. I was surprised, actually, they put Sheamus in here in a squash match with a guy of that size. But it was good. Uh, it makes Sheamus look like that much more of a monster that he can beat the crap out of a kid of this size. If you don't know who Cal Bloom is, uh, he is the son of Wayne Bloom. Not Matt Bloom, but Wayne Bloom, who was uh, Bo Beverly of the Beverlies. If you don't know who the Beverlies are, go watch uh, Royal Rumble 92. They were the guys that beat the Bushwhackers right. in, that, in, in, that, in, in, that, in that match that went way too long. <laughs> But uh, at any rate, his, so his son's now in WWE getting beat up by Sheamus. And beat up, by the way. They did the 10 beats of the Bowerin, and without a crowd, you could hear that meat just getting whacked. You could see him pulling away from Sheamus, too. Like, ow, dude, oh, that yeah. actually hurts. Ow, ow, Stop ow, it. Ow, ow, ow. Just reflexively. Just reflexively. <laughs> like, his body was like, help me. No. It's ah. like this involuntary, like, pull away. Like, stop beating me, Dad. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. I'm so sorry. Uh, so, yep, Seamus still uh, still squashing people, which, you know, so glad he had that feud with Gable that made made Gable look so good. So, no idea where Seamus is going now, but uh, maybe an idea. We got someone coming back soon. Um, we have Elias, who's still around. He declared for Money in the Bank, good. which is going to be on May 10th. I'm May glad 10th, Elias is having- getting work. That's what I want to say. I'm glad to see him being able to participate. We're getting to hear his interest music. He's winning a match every couple of months you know yeah Yeah. good for elias whoa sorry shook my camera there jesus that was you'd think he'd know not to go up to the the crow's nest anymore yeah bad bad things happen up there don't do that anymore Uh, speaking of speaking of people in high spots jeff hardy guy i may think i think might uh, be seeing a little bit more of seamus jeff hardy's getting lots of love he's got a video package about his career they called it part one which means we're probably going to see some more of that 
Uh, more stuff about Jeff Hardy's history as they try to reintroduce him, make him a big deal again. Next week, we're getting more Money in the Bank stuff. We're going to get Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro in an opening match. Hopefully, it'll be better than Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura, which is just kind of a wet fart. Uh, and Naomi versus Dana Brooke for the women's Money in the Bank qualifier. Mm. Thanks for coming, Dana. Yep. Uh, also, in two weeks, we're going to start getting the Triple H 25th anniversary special because we need to celebrate that guy more. Yeah. Um, you know who also had their 25th anniversary yesterday? Who? Michael P.S. Hayes. Where, Are we getting a Michael P.S. Hayes where, special? Where's his special? Freebird special? No? No, why not? Oh, right, because he's not running NXT and banging the boss's daughter. But anyway, that's how it works over in WWE. Never miss an opportunity to put over Mr. Triple H. But Nick, that's it for SmackDown. That's it for all the wrestling, the wrestling this week. Oh, my goodness. A lot of wrestling. Even, you know, I'll, I'll say this, Nick. I, I don't think it's the wisest thing they sh- they should not be doing the live shows that's dumb nope. they shouldn't go do greatest royal rumble that's dumb nope. but i'm glad they're still doing shows at all it gives us something to talk about it gives us something to watch it gives people out there some sort of entertainment yep so yeah i'm i admit to being conflicted about that yeah um, i'm starting to get a, i'm starting to go a little down on like after what you just showed me at wrestlemania you taped you spent a weekend taping all kinds of content and, and came out on the back end of it saying that you were good to go for a couple of months and then you just were like in typical Vince fashion 30 minutes before the show were like nah we're doing it live damn it <laughs> I wonder how good some of that I, I I'm assuming we're gonna see a lot of that taped stuff over the next few weeks but, probably. Yeah. Probably. We got to move on though, Nick. I got a big thing to talk about oh. uh in a second here. So let's let's rock and roll. Yeah, let's head over and do our moment of positivity. Moment of positivity. That's right, Nick. We got to talk about the thing this week that made us the happiest. That really just that 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 shook our whiskers. That tickled our taints. What did you like the most? What what made you happy this week, Nick? We've, what was your moment of positivity? We've yet to discuss it on this show, I believe. Oh. I watched The Edge 24 last night on his return to Royal Ooh. Rumble. Yeah. And I was fine. It's no secret. Edge is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fine all the way through it until they finally got to the very end. And spoiler alert, I'm sorry if you haven't watched it yet. I'm not going to say much else. But there was they showed the behind the curtain moment of Edge at Royal Rumble with You oh. Think You Know Me. The crowd erupted. I was still fine. <laughs> he comes out. I was still fine. And then those mm cut the camera to Beth Phoenix choking up and breaking down, watching it from the control room, and I was just ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Edge. Oh my god. I just, I just couldn't. Jesus Christ, that made me. I couldn't take it anymore. I got you going. Yeah, like, they spent the last there. hour building you up to this emotional peak and high, and then they had to like drop that bomb on you of Beth. Oh, and then just like her continuing to just do that stuff. They just kept cutting back to her. Just no, God, I can't handle it. That was my moment of positivity. <laughs> Edge 24. If you haven't watched it, it's absolutely amazing. I'm not going to say anything else about it for the sake of spoilers, but it's it's one of the best ones yet. Go watch it. 
Oh, man. Damn. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. I'm looking forward to it. I, I was busy watching the Brawl for All. Prepare yourself. The Vice Brawl for All, <laughs> which just, oh, my God. I Man, I thought I, I thought I didn't like Vince Russo before that. Oh, God. Good God, that guy is oblivious. Um, What was mine? You know, Nick, I was tempted to say it was actually the Miz and Morrison segment because I just I have to admit, I laughed harder at that than anything except for a couple of Jericho's lines. Jericho had a couple of lines on commentary that cracked me up. And Jericho on commentary in general. Could have easily been my moment of positivity. Yeah, Miz and Morrison, their bit could have easily been my mo- moment of positivity. Yeah, because it, it was it was a lot of good news. But I think it's going to have to be um, just the rewarding feeling I got from doing our bonus episode this last week. Like I I felt like I kind of put my neck out there on that one. Like I spent a lot of time working that up, and I I felt like. <laughs> my my obsessive nature kind of got the better of me and I just had this insane like theory thing that I put out there. If you guys haven't listened to it, I I do apologize. It is at our $10 tier on Patreon. Um so you have to do that to get it. Um but uh for those of you who listened to it and and gave me some great feedback, thank you guys. It did mean a lot. And that's why it's my moment of positivity. I I I felt like it was well received and it was kind of a who because I, w- I did feel like I might have gotten off the deep end on it. No, uh, it, so, it was perfect. So feeling, feeling like, no, no, okay, it was good, uh, was definitely a very positive moment for me. So thank you all very much for yeah. that. I appreciate all the it. feedback I, was absolutely amazing. Love you guys for it. So It was, it was madness. If you do want to hear it, head over to Patreon. Sign up for a $10 oh, tier. Excuse me and while I wipe the, wipe the edge tears uh, from my eyes. Good Lord. <laughs> I didn't realize screaming that hard would make me uh, make me get all misty again. Jesus. Go watch Edge 24. It's really good. But we're not done just yet. Oh, God. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Let me shaking over there. You having an earthquake in South Carolina. No, that's just that's me right. hulking up going, oh, God. It's a new effect I'm trying out. Did you guys like it? It's a nice effect. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Jampa Gargano, the final beat. Sure it is. NXT beat AEW for the first time in weeks and weeks and weeks by 400 people. It was neck and neck this week. It was uh, 692,900 people watched NXT versus 692,500 watching AEW. That being said, AEW absolutely murdered NXT in the uh, in the 18 to 49 demo. NXT was 51st. That means the only people watching that stuff were people over to, in people in their 50s. Or people in their teens were watching NXT. That's it. They weren't. They weren't even on the. They weren't even on the top fifty. They weren't even on the listing. AEW did a point two six. It was in thirty second. Which, considering that most of everything else was news, like usually they're a lot higher. You know what's back on uh, now that they're both competing with, and why these numbers are back down from like the eight nine hundred thousands to the six hundreds. Shark Tank. Same time on ABC, eight p.m. I'm on actually Wednesdays. looking. I'm looking at the numbers, Nick, and it's it's actually a lot of news beating them. Everyone's that's watching fair. The news. Everybody's watching all the the White House briefings everyone's and watching everything. The news. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so that's that's, that's actually what's killing them right now. So, but the fact they're still doing 700 is is actually it's pretty damn good. Not bad. Only down 200,000 from their peaks. From like you know they they peaked around a million. Yeah. Uh, the Raw after WrestleMania did only two million people, which for a Raw is real low. It's about down a, almost a million. So that's a uh, that's no bueno, but it is what it is. It has, you know, you can't really look at the, the ratings too much. Just interesting to note. Yeah. Uh, 
Dave Meltzer over at Wrestling Observer will not be giving WrestleMania matches this year star ratings. He's not rating them because they weren't they weren't traditional matches. They didn't have an audience. They were pre-taped. And he says that's not what true professional wrestling is. Uh, it would be unfair to take decades and decades of matches that were one style and rate them uh, against matches that were pre-taped. Which is funny because I recall him rating Lucha Underground matches. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. <laughs> I will lose exactly zero hours of sleep knowing that Meltzer did not rate any of those matches. Yep. Same here. Just an interesting note. Yep. Jack Gallagher... When asked why Drew McIntyre was the first British champion, he said, I've had a few people ask, so allow me to clarify, Drew McIntyre is the first British WWE champion, but will only be considered British whilst champion. If he loses the title, he returns to being Scottish. <laughs> we, did it, we did it to Andy Murray, and we'll do it to Drew. Nice. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Edge. You talked about Edge. Let's talk some more about Edge. He was, uh, he was on Corey Graves' show after the bell this week, and he gave a short list of guys he wants to work with. It seemed like it was kind of off the top of his head, but still, every one of them pretty exciting. Roman Reigns, obviously, Seth Rollins, but he also said, and, and AJ Styles, all ones you'd expect. But he also said Aleister Black, Velveteen Dream, Keith Lee, Tyler Bate, Walter, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole. I would be down to see Edge work with any of those guys. Mm -hmm. Give me any of those feuds, Nick, and put it in my eye holes. XFL is apparently totally done. Yep. They've suspended day-to-day -day activities, and they've terminated all their team and league employees. According to uh, Connor Falk, who is the official reporter for XFL, the statement about, uh, about their closing down was read to their employees through a conference call by league president Jeffrey Pollock. No questions were taken, and the call lasted all of 10 minutes. XFL is all re also refunding all of its 2021 season ticket pre-purchases. So that is a cursed league, Nick. They're they're, what, what better way to spend a billion dollars than right. on another failed attempt at an ego project? Speaking of egos, Ronda Rousey. Oh, Ronda. Oh, Ronda. Uh, she was interviewed on Steve-O's podcast, which probably should set up uh, what <laughs> that just sets it up nicely. It was on Steve-O's podcast. Uh, she said she will not be coming back to WWE on a full-time full schedule. It was just too much for her. I'm actually going to read her comments, comments in their entirety because a lot of people are focusing on the fact that she said F the fans. They're focusing on the fact that, said that, 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 that they were ungrateful. So I'm going to give her the full context here. Because this was actually almost in the big news this week because this was kind of a big deal. A lot of people are flaming her for this. She said, I love the WWE. I had such a great time. I love all the girls in the locker room. Running out there and having fake fights for fun is just the best thing. I love choreography. I love acting. I love theater. Live theater and some of the last forms of live theater. But I was doing basically part-time and I was away from home 200 days out of the year. And when I did get home, I was so sleep-deprived because you just don't have time to lay down. Uh, if I did all of the live shows, I was only home a day and a half a week. It was just not worth it for my family because we were eliminating all of our expenses and living this lifestyle. We didn't need it. We didn't need the money. So it's just like, what am I doing it for if I'm not being able to spend my time and energy on my family, but instead, instead spending my time and my energy on a bunch of fucking ungrateful fans that don't even appreciate me? 
I love performing. I love the girls. I love my being out there. But at the end of the day, I was just like, fuck these fans, dude. My family loves me and they appreciate me. And I want all my energy to go into them. So that, w- that was my decision at the end of the day. It's like, hey, girls, love what you're doing. I'm going to try and take all my momentum and push you guys as far as I can. Fly, little birds, fly. I'm going fucking home. And that was basically it. So that's the full quote of what Ronda Rousey said about her time in WWE. So, Nick, I'm going to give you the floor on this in just one second. I want to set this up by saying this. I hear her. This is about her spending more time with her family. She's entitled to that. Um, but what do you think about her perception of the road schedule and of the fan base? That's how she felt. She never should have taken the money in the first place. You don't need it? Cool. You want to go hang out on your farm? Cool. Go, go make some babies. Cool. But don't come on my show that I've loved for 40 years, and for a year. Take the titles. Take all the spotlight away from all the women you pretend to be supporting and pushing. And, oh, how, how good of you. And then point at the fans as if it's like we've never critiqued anybody in wrestling before. Seriously, get over yourself. Go, go back to your farm. You know, we didn't want you here in the first place, frankly. You did okay. You ended up pulling it off. But at the end of it, I was happy to see you go. And I don't want you back. I'll, and fuck I'll you, I'll jump on that. <laughs> Bye. I'll actually jump on this and say that not only did she do great, she did superlatively well. I, I can't think of anybody else except for maybe Kurt Angle who picked it up as quickly as she did. Um, I thought that she was legitimately a superstar. That being said, and I defended her a lot of times on this show as well. That being said, you nailed it on the head with the entitlement. The, the feeling that you can walk in the door and just because you want a few quote-unquote real matches, congratulations, you're a real fighter. This is a whole other world. This is a whole other business with years and years of legacy. And you're standing on the shoulders of giants here. And if you're going to take their lifestyle and denigrate it because it's not your lifestyle, but you're still going to take the money from it, and then you wonder why the fans of that lifestyle, of that business, are questioning you. And by the way, fans in this business, like the, one, of the, one of the things about this fan base, and yes, I'll be the first to admit this fan base can be toxic, just like any fan base. Because I, I, we can make a whole long list of fan bases that are toxic, all the way down to Pokemon. But here's the thing. If you can't take the fans, quote-unquote, turning on you and saying that they're ungrateful, ungrateful, for, I'm, I'm sorry, you're talking, you're, you sound ungrateful for all the opportunities that you were given here. So it's, I feel like fans being critical, if they have a good foundation for it, is legitimate. What's not legitimate is Rhonda coming back to this and saying that she she's above criticism or she's above scrutiny. Yeah. Like, you're, I'm sorry, you're not. You're out there performing, and thank you for your performance, and thank you for your effort, and thank you for your hard work. But at the same time, understand you're going to get critiqued. And it sounds, it just came across, once again, her sounding like she's thin-skinned. Her sounding like she can't take criticism or critique. It sounds like the way that she acted like a goddamn baby. Yeah after losing her, her MMA matches. You know what I mean? Like when she, when she lost to Nunez and she, oh my God, she hated people coming after her for that. 
So J- but I'm so, with you, Nick. So JB in the chat says she did post something on Instagram about it in the last hour. But you know what? I'm not going to read anything else from Ronda Rousey on this show. We don't have time for her anymore because we don't. We are out of time. Out of time. I wish we'd have Sorry, time Ronda. We don't have time to spend critiquing you anymore. Carry on, Sir Ian Dangerous, as you were, sir. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound like it's good from what I'm reading on the it's, chat. It's not anywhere anyway. near as vitriolic as the original post. I read it. Okay. Come on. Let's go. We got we got so, a lot to any, do. All right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Anyway, leave it, go back to leave it at that. Um, even if this is a work on some level, she's trying to come back as a heel. This is the wrong kind of heat. She ain't to coming get. back. I'll leave it at that. Wrong kind of wrong kind of heat. No. Honestly, yeah, I'm definitely in the a. Get out of here. Get out of my wrestling. Don't need you. Yep. You ungrateful twit. Yep. Um, Goldberg. Speaking of ungrateful, Goldberg's contract is up with the WWE. Apparently, he's not welcome back because he did pull some politicking to get the title off of Bray. Apparently, originally, he was going to get beaten by Bray, but he politicked in the back to get the title put on himself because he felt it would make a good example to children and show that he was still a superhero. And then he was going to uh, work the program with Roman Reigns and get Roman Reigns over him so that way they could both look heroic. The problem was he didn't want to extend his contract beyond WrestleMania, which is why they took the title off of him and put it on Braun because he didn't want to wait around until SummerSlam to do the Reigns program. So apparently because of all of this, he now has heat with WWE. I want to clarify, this is all a rumor, speculation, but it's been sourced by a couple of different places, so I had to bring it up just so that you know that's out there in the world. That's juicy. Yeah. Mm. But, that, but that does explain why he dropped it to Braun in such a fashion. But it also, I think, just it just undercuts him taking that title off of Bray even more. Bray apparently got some major points by being willing to put over Goldberg in this situation. And to be fair, he was able to pivot pretty successfully. Yeah, we'll see. Couple more, couple more quick things uh, going on the other side of the pond real quick. Yuka Sakazaki is home with a mild fever. It's not serious, thank goodness, but she is sick. That's why you probably won't see her on AWTV anytime soon. Uh, New Japan has canceled all of its shows through May 4th, including Wrestling Dontaku. They continue to be being responsible in that company. Wrestle Talk. On Russell Talk, Will Ospreay, this is, this is one, it's kind of clickbaity, but I, I had to bring it up. He mentioned a match between him and CM Punk, and he said it could happen in Japan. <laughs> he, also said it, he also said it probably won't happen, but he wanted to throw it out there because he's going fishing. He's just kind of trying to see. Osprey versus CM Punk, that'd be a very interesting match. There's a lot to say about that, but unfortunately we don't have time to really get into it right now. I just want to, I'll put it out there, I'll throw some chum in the water on that one and let the Sharks get it. Uh, Kevin Sullivan was on the Jim Cornette show this last week. He, d- he denied ever giving Nancy, a.k.a. woman, a.k.a. Mrs. Benoit, a black eye, as was alleged in the Vice, uh, the Vice show. He says they were living apart at the time, so if she got a black eye, it must have been somebody else. He also points out that it wasn't like he was only being abusive to her, if he, which he denied, by the way. He also said she was being abusive to him. At one point, she went to jail for three days for pulling a knife on him. So basically, it was a very healthy relationship. Long story short is what it sounds like to me. Uh, and finally, Nick, this Sunday is Ric Flair on the Broken Skull Sessions. So if you want to check out what Rick's got to say with Stone Cold, go check that out. And that is the news. Oh, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> We've seen the Andre the Giant Memorial or the um, uh, documentary where he had quite a quite a healthy interview on there. I can't wait to see what he talks about with Stone Cold if those are any indication that we've seen from uh, Goldberg, from... Uh, Undertaker, etc. So far, um, the big show one. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, I can't wait for the Ric Flair one. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We ran a little bit long today. Uh, we will be doing the patron mailbag here immediately after this one. We just got to fire up a new stream. So keep your alerts on. Make sure you get notified. We'll post links up in social media. All kinds of good stuff. So you guys can get right back in for the patron mailbag. To get your questions in, you have to head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for just that $5 tier. And for just $5 a month, you get access to the show notes for every single episode. Plus, every week, you can send in a question for us to ask on Saturday's patron mailbag show. For $10, you can get bonus episodes like the Firefly Funhouse, uh, Deeper Meanings Breakdown that's put together by Surrey and Dangerous. You can also get all kinds of good stuff like uh, swag, Skype calls, all kinds of stuff at the higher levels. One more hat tip and shout out to Trey for breaking into the $100 per month barrier. Just, yes, thank you I can't very wait much. to co-produce a segment with you uh, for, for the show here. We're looking forward to that. Uh, what else? Facebook. Come over and join us on Facebook. Bust it wide open. Join the, send us a join request. Get into the discussion group. Like our page. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. And subscribe right here at YouTube.com slash busted wide open make sure you jingle that bell to get those notifications on as well like this video if you thought it was good and any other ones you do so make sure you're subscribed to our channel we're anxiously awaiting our partner application status so any other bumps you can give us in the meantime we would greatly appreciate it but my name is nick howell you can find me over on twitter at data center dude and i am sir ian dangerous you can find me on twitter at sir ian dangerous oh, my god Did somebody stop the damn fact This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.